good morning. It's a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio, which would probably make me Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. Thanks to everybody who came out last night. What a night we had. Just an awesome time celebrating the uh, life and legacy of Tony Siragusa. As we unveiled, Griffin, grab that, uh, that six-pack and show everybody the Goose Flights beer. Which is available at uh, Guilford Hall Brewery, as well as the seven area Glory Days Grill locations. And I'm, I'm hearing a rumor there might be another location that will be offering Goose Flights beer. I don't know if I can say that or not, so I'll, I'll wait in order to get that approved before I do. But an awesome night last night. Thanks to Sammy Siragusa. Thanks to uh, Michael McCrary. Thanks to Femi I and Badejo. We had just an awesome event. And uh, really, thanks to all of you who came out and made your donations to the Goose Flights Foundation. Now, remember, it's time to go drink up. We're encouraging you. Go enjoy a beer. I don't know. For some reason, you took the day off work today because there was some snow. I. It's one of those things that like drives me nuts when people just want to shut down. Like we, we are children. We are. No one thinks you should go be reckless. No one thinks you should go drive a thousand miles an hour. We're all adults. We're all capable of doing this. The number of people that are like, well, there's some snow. Yes, I'm aware. We can function. We can do this. We know how to. We are capable as a society. We are capable of functioning. I understand that for whatever reason, some people are not. And if you are not capable of adult function, then stay home. I mean that. Stay home. If you are someone who panics whenever things are slightly out of whack, stay home. For the rest of us, I promise you, it's okay. You can get in your car. You can safely drive anywhere. In fact, today was one of those pleasant days where the schools were closed. So, like, it was actually a very nice drive into work today. Go get yourself a six-pack of Goose Flights. Go to Guilford Hall right now. Go pick up a six-pack of Goose Flights. Have it for this weekend. Have it for um, the game on Saturday if you're getting ready to plan a tailgate. 198 of every can sold goes directly to the Goose Flights Foundation which is doing unbelievable work. So appreciate everybody that came out last night. We had an amazing time at uh, Guilford Hall Brewery and uh, looking forward to uh, continuing this partnership with uh, Goose Flights and uh, Goose Flights Beer now available. Coming up in just a few minutes, it's an annual tradition of ours. Our friend Dave Ginsberg, AP sports writer, longtime Baltimore AP sports writer, will check in with us to unveil his Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. I was reminded that last year Dave Ginsburg voted for Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Andy Pettit, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. We will see who is on Dave Ginsburg's ballot this year. It is tracking the obvious one. Adrian Beltre is going to get into the Hall of Fame this year. That one is overwhelmingly obvious. The Hall of Fame tracker has him currently at 98.8%. The others that, um, there's only 150 ballots known, so that's less than 50% of ballots are currently known. The others that are above the 75% threshold, 
Joe Maurer in his first ballot is at 83.8%. You want to be in the range of like 84, 85 on public ballots known to feel comfortable about your ability to get in because the, the ballots that aren't known are less likely to be robust. There are a few people. It's just the way that it's worked. I, I can't get into the psychology of why, believe it or not. I don't know. But typically, the later ballots have fewer people on them, and they are voters that are a bit more stringent. So, like Todd Helton currently sits at 83.1%, which probably feels pretty good. I would say it's maybe borderline at the moment. The others that are currently over the number, um, at 79.4%, Billy Wagner in his next-to-last ballot which I don't know is going to get him in, but is encouraging about his chances of maybe getting in next year in his final year on the ballot. And then Gary Sheffield in his final year of the ballot currently sits at exactly 75%, according to the uh, BBHOF tracker. I don't think that's, yeah. that bodes well. That smells like Gary Sheffield's going to come up short and is going to have to go to one of those uh, I added committees. I my ballot this year. Oh, did you? Yeah, there you go. So. I, that's a big deal. It is. It's a it big is, deal. Yeah. Well, for no one whatsoever. It is, yeah. No, well, no my, my ballot will be it'll be on Twitter later today. So oh, will it? So yeah, be on the it's a big moment. It is a big moment. Big moment. Yes, it is. Griffin doesn't have a vote. Notifs on. What's that? Notifs on. Notifications on. Oh yeah, sure. So Do you that. Do don't that miss so it. You can find out who Griffin thinks is going to should get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, also later on today, we'll uh, talk a big win for the Terps. Their buddy Patrick Stevens. Uh, it's County Sports Zone Radio with Wes Brown. Stuff and things. During the course of the morning, we know who the opponent is. The Houston Texans will be in Baltimore on Saturday to take on the Baltimore Ravens in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. I I don't have, like, strong takeaways about the Texans. As I said yesterday, Texans are a scary team. They're playing really well. They believe they're good and they're good. Their quarterback's outstanding. When they had Tank Dell too, man, like I, I, I pointed this out that ESPN wide receiver, uh, the new stat that for wide receiver rankings had both Nico Collins and Tank Dell like in the top five of all wide receivers in football this season. Now Nico Collins is still playing an unbelievably high level of football completely under the radar like utterly and no one is paying attention to how well nico collins has played and how good that cat has been obviously will anderson's been outstanding as advertised no franchise in recent memory has ever so dramatically changed their reality in the scope of one off season Texans are legit. And it's funny because if you remember, before the week one game, we had Sean Salisbury on, and he and I both kind of predicted this. Now, I didn't. I don't think either one of us predicted this, them playing in the divisional round of the playoffs. But we both said, hey, look, they're not going to do it in week one against the Ravens, but there's a foundation here. Like, they're, they're doing what it takes to be the next Lions, to be the next... At the time, I think we used the comparison to the Jaguars. They laid the foundation. Quality coach. Respected coach. 
quarterback, really good pieces. They did the work. And they obviously, it's paying off for them. Now, I think it's a bit of a tall task to ask them to come into Baltimore and win on Saturday. I'm not going to try to bamboozle you or to like say I'm very I'm not. I'm not very scared. Now this is football and anything could happen. So I'm not going to guarantee a Ravens win or something like that because again, we don't do that hack s on this show. But realistically, I don't really have any fears. I genuinely believe the Ravens will win. I think 9 points is a lot. Go to Superbook.com right now. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, and you could bet it on the Baltimore Ravens, who are nine-point favorites. A lot of big spreads this week. The only game with a close spread is the Bills-Chiefs game. A lot of big spreads. Ravens, nine-point favorites. 49ers, nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Lions, six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Buccaneers. A lot of big numbers this week. It's two and a half for the uh, Bills over the Chiefs. Nine points is a lot. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that by the time we get to the end of the week. But I I can't lie. I can't come in here and say I'm really scared of the Texans. I'm not. I think the Ravens. If there is something that scares me about the Texans, it's that I don't think they quit if they fall behind. I get that they would seem like a prime candidate with a young quarterback, with a team that's never been there before, but I almost think that, like, naivete is working for them. I don't think that if they fall behind, they just roll over and die. I think they battle. That's why the line is a little questionable to me but I don't have any real fear of the Texans. I, I think they're a good football team, and I think they deserve to be in this spot. And I as I, I thought it was absurd that they were home dogs last week. I thought that was the, the stinkiest line of the week. They, with a healthy C.J. Stroud, had proven to be a really quality football team and continue to be. But I don't feel strongly about it look the Ravens you know they got to go show up they can't they can't come out and lay an egg they can't I I just don't I don't see it with this team I don't see this team being the team that's not ready to go or that overlooks the Texans and is thinking about an AFC championship game I just don't see this Ravens team doing that Uh, the weather is going to be cold I know a lot of people brought that up yesterday when we were talking about, you know, who you'd rather face. There was a lot of people that said, you know, I'd actually maybe rather face the team from Texan or from Texas that's got to come to Baltimore and play in the miserable cold than face a Steelers team that's used to that. I I get that thought process. And the Texans aren't a team that's predicated. I mean, they run the ball, but they're not predicated on the run. They're not built to run the ball and play defense. So I think there's something fair about that. Right now, the forecast for Saturday, a high of 28 degrees. Beautiful. Miserably cold. Miserably cold. Well, Kansas City. Well, I mean, I'm not saying there can't be worse. It can definitely get colder. You're right about that. But it doesn't mean it isn't miserably cold at 28 degrees. 
Um, that game last year was worse. With winds of 15 to 25 miles per hour, which yeah, would smell be... like that means <laughs> it's going to feel much more like it's, you know, single digits. Yeah. Then, and at night it's supposed to be a high of 20 degrees. So it's, it's going to be unpleasant when that sun goes down on Saturday. Really, really unpleasant. I would expect a rabid crowd. The Texans not traditionally a team that travels overwhelmingly well. I'm not saying there won't be Texans fans in Baltimore. There will be, of course. It's a playoff game. But they're not typically, they're not like the Bills or, you know, the Steelers, the cockroach teams, the teams where you're like, what, how are there so many of you? That will be interesting the following week if it's Ravens-Bills in the AFC Championship game. Like, how many Bills fans are able to get into the AFC Championship game in Baltimore? They travel, man. Like they they travel. Steelers fans travel well too. They were Yeah, they Steelers were fans travel really well. Yeah, those loud. are the two I would say those are the two I know a lot of people have brought up the fact that the Lions this year, like their fan base has come alive and it started traveling really well. I get it. It's like the first time they've tasted anything in their lives, so why wouldn't they be traveling really well? But I would say over the years though, the two fan bases to me that I have seen the most of again, it kinda makes sense. You're not in the most pleasant geographical location to begin with, so getting out is a nice thing to do. We we know a thing or two about that. The Ravens travel well. Like, we do. Ravens fans travel very well. It's, it's a known thing about this franchise. Um, but I'm not expecting an overwhelming number of Texans fans in Baltimore on Saturday. I have seen people... I have noticed there's been a bit of a, a push to sell tickets. I, I think that's a lot of people that are planning ahead. I think there's a lot of people that are thinking about AFC Championship game, that are thinking about perhaps Super Bowl, and maybe trying to make some money this weekend. So I don't know that I would say it's a buyer's market, but I could see at some point it becoming a buyer's market for um, uh, divisional round tickets. 4.30, Saturday, ESPN and ABC. Ravens-Texans in the divisional round of the playoffs. We will obviously be talking about it all week long here on GCR. But right now, we have uh, we've done this. Uh, what, how many years have we done this? Is this our eighth year that we've done this? Is that right? That's, is that true? Or is it uh, you just went back and pulled his last seven ballots? That's, yeah, that's the last seven. Okay, I don't know how many years we've done this for. I couldn't tell you. Years ago, I just had an idea. I said, you know, I've always wanted to have like a, a conversation. I don't have a vote, believe it or not, um, for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Never joined the uh, Writers Association, even when I covered the team a little bit more than I do. Um, I, I just wanted to have a conversation about the Hall of Fame ballot, and it was fascinating to me. And, of course, someone that I've known for a very long time, one of my favorite people, uh, I, I, I pushed the idea to him, and he said, I, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. And we've always had very pleasant you know, we, we we battled it out over Mike Messina a few times over the years. I don't really have anybody that I'm, like, all that emotionally worked up about on the ballot this year. So this one should be really easy. Joining us once again here on GCR, longtime AP Baltimore sports writer. He's also been a contributor for us at PressBox. He wrote the uh, Tony Saragusa cover story last year. He is our friend, Mr. Dave Ginsburg, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Gins, it's always good to talk to you, sir. Thanks for taking the time, as always. Glenn, much appreciated that you have me. Uh, a lot of people now put their ballots on Facebook, so it's not as if I'm, and I didn't for this reason, because we talk about it sort of like it's happening now. But, you know, um, 
it's it's always a pleasure to to do it. And you say it might be easy for you, but uh, the feedback I get because I don't <laughs> because of the guys I don't, um, is, is never ending. Uh, Chipper Jones, uh, I got abused by Atlanta fans for not putting him on my ballot. Uh, that one year, and uh, and I'm ready for whatever's coming my way this year, too. But, hey, Glenn, before we go on, I just want to make sure that last night to celebrate the uh, op- the launching of Goose yeah. Light Beer, yeah. that you mashed two together and poured it on your face, Stone Cold <laughs> Scott. <laughs> you know Tell what? me that happened. I really regret the fact that we didn't do that, Gins. I really, really regret that we didn't get that. Is a heck of an idea. I tried to get Sammy, uh, Tony's daughter, to do uh, Tony's uh, legendary sack dance when he did the goose wings, and I couldn't quite get yeah. that out of her. We, I mean, we had a great time. That's really kind of you to uh, to mention that, and um, you know, I. I, I a lot of that was spurred by that story that you wrote, right? Like uh, John Colson came to me last summer, or last fall and said, "Hey, Guilford Hall's interested in doing a beer with us." And I, you know, I just been thinking a lot about Tony Saragusa. And as as you could probably agree, what better recent athlete to put a name on a beer than Tony Saragusa, right? Like I don't, I don't. It's it's Art Donovan. It's Tony Saragusa. It's maybe Boog Pal, right? Like that's probably about the list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys. You know, guys that you would want to drink a beer with, yep. that you would pay to drink a beer with, those three for sure, and Glenn Clark, number four. My I'd man. pay to have a beer my with man. You, my friend. My man. <laughs> Gins and I have actually been at WrestleMania together over the years. This is a this is a I bumped into I'll be walking down the street in New Orleans and I say, I know that guy. Look at that guy. That's Dave Ginsburg right there. And his son Jared. Hey, That's man. always been a good time. to Philly this year? Uh, I will make an appearance at some point during the weekend. I don't know that I can do the whole thing, but at some point during the weekend, there is no doubt that I will be up there. Are you doing? Are you, are, are you and Jaron going up? We are. Go- hey, man, I love that you remembered his name, Jaron and I, and a couple of his friends. We've already got an Airbnb uh, awesome. lined up. That's awesome. And we've got for both nights. Very so, cool. You know, if it's close enough, why the heck not? Um, I must admit and I know we're off topic here, but I don't follow wrestling as, as much as I used to. But uh, WrestleMania, they always bring back some of the guys that I knew. And it's it's going to be a blast. And I am going to Jaron's house next weekend for the Royal Rumble. Nice. So I'm, I'm still a fan. A lot of rumors about maybe Roman Reigns and The Rock at WrestleMania this year. That would be really interesting. All right, let's let's do this. Let's get into it. So we remind everybody that a year ago, five votes you voted for. Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Andy Pettit, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. Um, of course, only one of them is is not on. Wait, are these? Did, let me make sure this is correct. Those were all five of your votes last year, right? Uh, if you say so. I, I have lost uh, track of what yes, I voted those for. Were, those yeah. were all five of your votes, and all of them are back on the ballot this year. So, it'll be interesting to see if they all retain your votes, Dave Ginsburg. And I will add that I happen to know, because Dave let me know. Well, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and hand it over to you. Dave Ginsburg, go ahead. Your Baseball Hall of Fame ballot for 2024 has how many people on it? I selected six this year and that that might be my career high because i've never done the uh maximum of 10 and i went with six this year the six uh, i'm happy if you list the names or i can it's up to you uh 
Well, let's let's start. Um, let's I guess let's start with the obvious one, right? Like, there's one guy on the first year of the ballot that appears as though he's going to be a slam dunk. Did Adrian Beltre get a vote on your ballot? He did, and I will foreshadow this by saying he's the only first timer that I put on my ballot. Uh, I put a lot of weight on uh, first timers, and in retrospect. I regret putting Beltran on my ballot last year because mm. uh, I neglected to remember about his prominent role in the uh, sign-stealing scandal for the Astros. So let's, so, let's cover two things him, then. Yeah, you did not vote for Carlos Beltran again this year. Yes. You, um, and that is why. Will you, um, will you ever so vote? Uh, would you ever consider voting for Carlos Beltran again in the future? Yeah go back to it but i i just didn't think he was worth it this year when i had six other guys that are more deserving than he the other that when you say that that's your only first year vote this year that means that joe mauer is not on your ballot this year love joe mauer but 143 career jacks um he was, uh, I mean, he was one of the best catchers, but he's, he's certainly not a bench. He's certainly not a fist. And to me, not a first-timer. He's going to get my vote down the road, but uh, not on his first year of eligibility. Will, I, just just for the, the sake of the standard, would, would Buster Posey be a first-year guy for you? Um, I, I haven't done the research on him yet, okay. but uh, certainly... Uh, I would consider it. I would consider it um, because he, he is one of the prominent catchers of his time, as was Joe Maurer. But um, not first ballot for me on Joe. Uh, Buster Posey, I have to check to see what his stats are. Um, you know, I don't just say, well, I like Buster Posey. He played a right. good career. And, you know, um, looking him up now, I see he had a 302 lifetime batting average and a seven-time All-Star and MVP. So, I think more deserving, actually, than Joe Maurer in terms of his credentials. And everybody brings up he was, you know, the backstop for three World Series champions, and really kind of the heart yeah. and soul of that, uh, whatever you want to call the Giants dynasty, over those years. And I feel like that's a lot of people have set that as the standard for um, for catching in the modern era. So, well, yeah, I'm um, I'm looking. So Beltran, you say, did not get your vote again this year. But I mentioned all of the other names that you voted for a year ago, Dave Ginsburg, Todd Helton, Andy Pettit, Gary Sheffield, Billy Wagner. One of those guys also was left off the ballot by you again this year. Uh, you know what, Andy Pettit, just uh, I love him. I thought, I thought he was deserving. I still think he is, but um, not generating a lot of love from the rest of the voters and uh, I just thought that it was a futile effort to try to put him on my ballot again. I love the guy. He was tremendous in the postseason, which is one of the reasons I supported him for the, all those years. And that wasn't the first time I put him on the ballot last year. But um, he's just not generating a lot of love. And um, I decided that uh, maybe other people knew better than I. So took him off this year. He's still got a, a couple of years left. Uh, maybe I'll foreshadow again. Maybe in his final year, as in Gary Sheffield, mm -hmm. I will stick on. But, um, you know, you could go either way on Pettit. Uh, he did have uh, steroid uh, con uh, implications, and that didn't have much to do with me not voting for him this time. But 
uh, I just again just did sort of it was a wasted effort to in my in my view uh, because unfortunately he's not getting a lot of love from everyone else. So that means the holdover votes for you are for Gary Sheffield, Todd Helton, and Billy Wagner. And as you mentioned, Gary Sheffield in his final year of the ballot, it doesn't look great right now for his chances of getting in. Remind everybody what changed your mind about voting for Gary Sheffield the last couple of years. Okay, well, he had great stats. And, you know, there was he was he was in the Mitchell report, um, it, you know, for take for he had something to do with Balco in 2003. But he never tested positive. He had great numbers. Um, and I, I read some of the interviews with him and he was, you know, he just he said, I've never he, I never used it to enhance my my play. And he still and he pointed to his numbers after the implication, still solid numbers. Um, I just thought that certainly in his final year, he deserved the vote. Uh, he does have Hall of Fame numbers. I think the Mitchell report has um, hurt his backing, but um, it didn't it didn't impact mine. I have past couple of years. I, I finally gave up on punishing him by not voting for him. So I did vote for him. So that means there are two new votes on your ballot this year. And I got to tell you, Gins, I like both of these. Like, I'm, I'm a big thumbs up on both these guys that you added to your ballot. Can you reveal who are the two names that you added to your ballot this year? I did. I, I added Andrew Jones, who has a 10 Golden Gloves to his credit, and Omar Vizquez, who has 11 Gold Gloves. And, you know... I have decided that fielding is certainly worth mentioning. Omar Vizquez wasn't a power hitter, but heck, he batted 272 lifetime with 11 gold gloves. To me, Hall of Fame worthy, um, one of the best fielding shortstops in the game, uh, in history, I think. If Ozzie Smith got in because of his glove, then so should Omar Vizquez. So Omar Vizquel, I, th- this is the I think you and I had this conversation a year ago, um, I, and I I really felt this way about um, Andrew Jones, and I'm I'm like it, like it, it 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 warms my heart that the, they hear you talking about fielding the way that you are. I I think it's such an important story about who a baseball player is, and I I love both of these As, just from a baseball standpoint. I like both of these votes as guys whose totality was worthy of the Hall of Fame. Um, in looking at the numbers from BBHOF Tracker, it appears as though Andrew Jones is gaining momentum, whereas Omar Vizquel just hasn't. And I, I think there might have been a, some sort of allegation about Omar Vizquel this offseason that I didn't pay a lot of attention to. Um, so I don't know if that's impacting at all. But from a pure baseball standpoint, I, I think I, I, I like both of these votes a lot. So let's, let's recap the six votes, Dave Ginsburg, that you gave. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, Omar Vizquel, and Billy Wagner, correct? That is correct. Billy Wagner, uh, you know, not the greatest postseason stats, but um, he, you know, he's, he was one of the best relievers to ever, best, one of the best closers ever to pitch in the game, so uh, deserving of my vote. And I think a lot of other people look at it the same way. I think you're right about that. So let me just ask you about a couple of guys that aren't on your ballot. Um, and I know that this isn't new and that we've talked about these before. I guess the question is, is there, as, as these guys get closer to 10 years, is there any chance that at any point you would consider a vote for either Alex Rodriguez or Manny Ramirez? Uh, you know what? 
A Rod, I would as as you know, his numbers are amazing. But man, really deep into the steroid thing, um, I would have to see as as year number ten rolls around whether I would. I think Manny, you know, he he also he was twice suspended for using steroids. Plus, I didn't think his dedication to the game was um, was profound. Let's say there's a you know Manny being Manny. There's something to that, and although his numbers were great, I just think that he sometimes just took off because he wasn't in the mood to play. I mean, he had a sore throat, his calves hurt, you know what I mean? And that's, um, uh, I may change my mind as we get closer to it, to his 10th year, but uh, I just thought that there were, his off-the-field exploits, uh, sort of soured me on Manny Ramirez. I understand. I, you know, I, I would also, I, I think of the two, I would completely agree that the better overall baseball player was Alex Rodriguez. Um, but Manny Ramirez, as you know, is prodigious, of course, as a power hitter. I, I'm, you know, I, I don't have the the line in the sand thing with the the steroid era, maybe that that some other people do, but. I, I, I get that there are complicated arguments for all of these guys. I don't feel as strongly about these guys as I did, say, Barry Bonds being Hall of Fame worthy. The other name that's interesting to me, and, and almost comparable to Andrew Jones, not quite, because he certainly wasn't the power hitter that Andrew Jones was, but ha- have you thought at all more about Torrey Hunter over the years? Has that Have you spent more time with it, or are you, is there a bit of a line of, I just don't believe he truly was elevated to the Hall of Fame level? Boy, that's you put it perfectly. Um, I just I'm not ready to put him in yet. He had some tremendous numbers, but um, I do not. When I was watching him, I never thought to myself, "There's a future Hall of Famer." Yeah. Never did. Um, always liked the way he played. He had some, you know. There's a there's some tremendous arguments on his behalf, but uh, I'm not ready to go there yet. Uh, which is not to say I won't. Um, but I just, you know, some of the, I put it this way out of the list of six guys that I voted in Tory Hunter would be a distant seventh. Okay. And I wasn't go there. Um, I think I picked six guys that are better than Tory Hunter. And, uh, I think six is a lot to put on a ballot or, you know, it's, it's certainly not the max and it's not the minimum, but I wasn't ready to go with my seventh as Tory Hunter. That may that may change next year, depending on what the ballot looks like. Um, is there anyone else that is on that list that you didn't vote for? Jimmy Rollins, I feel like, is one that has a fairly strong argument. Is there anybody else on that list that you look at and say, I'm not there now, but I could I could see my opinion evolving on this particular player? Well, Adrian Gonzalez and I think Matt Holliday are guys that uh, had really great careers. And I may change my opinion of them now that we're past the first year i I think they're i think both of those guys are hall of fame worthy i'm not sure second year ballot but i would tell you this if i continue to do this over uh the the span of the next decade i'm going to vote for both of them down the road same with joe mauer and um i might look at chase sutley but um He's uh, he had really five great years, sure. and the rest of his career was not tremendous. Two thousand five to two thousand nine, tremendous player, uh, and then be- before that and after that, uh, certainly not Hall of Fame numbers. 
So just for funsies, Dave Ginsburg, as I look at next year's first-year eligibles, there's the one that's the you know overwhelming obvious, Ichiro Suzuki. I don't think we're going to need to have much of a conversation about him. Uh, I feel like that Hall of Famer, big time. That's, right. that to me is the right. And even think of how great his numbers would have been had he started his career oh. here and just come over from Japan. But man, I think if I, uh, you know, yeah, we can look ahead and we can talk about this next year, Glenn, and I'm sure we will. But yep. if I needed a guy at the plate that I needed a base hit from, it would be him. Rounder to be a base hit from uh, Suzuki. So yes. Absolutely. Truly, okay, one of, truly one of my favorite baseball players of all time, Dave. I mean, I, there's a few guys that I've ever enjoyed watching play this game more than I enjoyed watching Ichiro. The others that are interesting, I just I'm not, I don't want to put you on the spot. I know you probably say i got to think about it a little bit more, but I feel like there's three other guys that have arguments as first-year eligibles, and that's CC Sabathia, Dustin Pedroia, and Felix Hernandez. On first blush, are any of those guys that you feel like right now you're like, that's a slam dunk. I, I already know I'll be voting for that guy next year. Uh, I would probably think CC guy was great in, in regular season and postseason. Just, uh, you know, uh, and I love the fact that he was a big guy uh, because I'm a big guy. <laughs> so the other two I'm, I'm going to give hard consideration to. Felix, uh, King Felix, wonderful career through, uh, you know, I don't know, one, at least one no-hitter, maybe two. I don't, you know, yeah, and Pedroia, um, gritty. I liked, I liked him. I'd have to look at his numbers. Um, maybe not. He would, out of those four, I think he would be the one at the bottom of that list. But uh, still a heck of a player, and his grit carried that Red Sox uh, franchise for a long time. It's uh, it's more fun when I've got something to argue about with you, Dave. But I really, I don't, I don't have a strong argument. I think it's a fine ballot. I, I don't think there's any moral high ground issue that I have. I, I, I wish I could fight with you about something because it would be fun. But I, I got nothing for this time around, right? Like, it, well, if not you, then there'll be some. Oh no doubt. On, oh, you'll have a, you'll have a day ahead of you. There's no question about that. that well, you know, to a friend that shows that a lot of people listen to this show. And uh, or follow and follow you on uh, X or Twitter, however yeah, you want to call it. I, I, I stick. As, I stick with Twitter. I'm not. I'm not going there. It'll just be Twitter. Yeah, for well, me. I love it. I, I, yeah, that's that, that's the way I consider it. But you know, uh, just to be correct, uh, I went with both of them. And uh, down the road, I really expect to see you clacking those two beers together and pouring yeah. it down your face. Um, and it better, much better than milk. How, how's the beer taste? I guess you'd have to say it's, you like it. It is delicious. It is a delicious. It's just a very drinkable lager. Uh, the first time when Tony's daughter Sammy picked it up, she said he would love this. And that, that was, to me, my favorite part about doing this And be, is that she has said, like, he, he, this would be all in for him, which is what we thought. We felt that way when we thought about doing it. Um, her giving us the know that he would genuinely love this and be tickled by all of this has meant, you know, it's it's meant the world. I know how much you thought of Tony. You know how much I think of Tony, and um, just just being a part of this, it's a it's a really special thing for me, Dave. This you know, this is a reminder that I'm a little bit younger, and um, I actually was still just a, a, a high schooler, a fan, watching Tony Saragusa. So it's a really cool thing for me um to be involved with him and his family and this foundation so it's a genuinely yeah. special thing to be doing that. first too 
Um, she was the uh, the crux of the story that yeah. I wrote because she was so so real, so emotional, and and loved her dad uh, as much as any daughter could love her father. So, um, and yeah, uh, I'm not unfortunately as young as you, sir, and I covered Tony <laughs> Sturgis. But you know what? He filled up the notebook. That was the most no fun doubt. team I covered in all in my whole career because of the characters on that squad, uh, you know, and let's, you know, with Shannon Sharp and all, all those guys. And Goose was the, the ringleader by far. Dave Ginsburg, always appreciate you, sir. Thank you for coming on with us and doing this once again this year. We will look forward to chatting again as the year goes on. Uh, thank you so much, my friends. It is totally my pleasure, Glenn, anytime. It's Dave Ginsburg, longtime Baltimore AP sports writer. Again, his ballot for this year. He gives votes for the first time to Andrew Jones, Omar Vizquel, and first-year eligible Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Gary Sheffield, Billy Wagner, his holdovers, does not vote for Andy Pettit or Carlos Beltran. They are dropped from his ballot. And also Joe Maurer in his first year of eligibility does not get a vote. Like That would be the only one that I would say I think we did this last year. We did an exercise where we voted and yeah. like I did a whole thing about it. I genuinely don't have strong feelings about it. I don't know what it is about this year's ballot. I think because some of the more polarizing names are no longer on the ballot. I, I'd probably vote for, you know, Maurer. I'd probably vote for Alex Rodriguez. Manny. Did I vote for Manny when um, we did this exercise I last year? I it up. Hold on. I'll did check. you? I will check. Like, I probably would. I decided to vote for 10 people this year. You did, we, okay, well, you, we're not actually voting. When it's we, important we, you point that We out. talked to Jim Hanneman last week. You have no actual vote. He here. votes for 10 people, and I was like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I've should. always been a big tank guy when it comes to the Hall of Fame, right? Like, that's always been yeah. my take, is that if if I feel like there's a good argument, I'd probably say I'm good with it, right? Like, I, I don't think it's offensive to put someone in the Hall of Fame that other people say, well, I don't think he's as good as Babe Ruth. Well, like, I I think if you're a, a damn good baseball player for a really long time, I'm okay with you being in the Hall of Fame. You had Manny and A-Rod. Yeah, I don't see any reason why I would drop those guys. Sheffield. Sheffield is an obvious one. Beltran. Carries over. Yeah, I would, I would yes. Uh, Andrew Jones, Todd Helton. Yep. Billy Wagner. Seven. I've and already got seven holdovers. And then Scott Rowland uh, did not. He was that was his final year last year. Yeah. Or did he? Wait, what was? Did he just? Fall oh no, off he the got ballot? in. He got in. Oh, he got in. Yeah, okay. He got in. Last right, good, year. good. Yeah. Good. He got in. Good. He um. So I would add, you know, Beltre and Maurer, right? So that would give me nine. I, I would have to really think. I, I, honest to God, I, I, because the Ravens are trying to make a Super Bowl run, I haven't spent as much time thinking about it. But that group of Tory Hunter, Jimmy Rollins, and Chase Utley, that would be the group that would be most difficult for me. I like the Vizquel vote. I do know there was there was some sort yeah. of allegation that was made about Omar Vizquel. That's that true. I don't know what I w- how I would handle that. Um, from a baseball standpoint, I like a vote for Omar Vizquel because I, I genuinely believe he was the greatest defensive shortstop of an era. Jimmy Rollins seems to be gaining like a little bit of... I mean, I, he's I, at 13%, but I, like... I think the problem is with some of these guys, there's no one statistic that you turn to and say, this is why they're obviously a Hall of Famer versus you're just trying to say he was really good on really good teams for a long time. And is that the standard for making the Hall of Fame? And there's no, to me, one number. Bobby Abreu is somebody that uh, Stan was in. 
No, we love Bobby Abreu, and I like I, Bobby Abreu was a damn good hitter, man. Like he was a hell of a hitter. I'm just still disappointed Jeff Kent didn't get in last year. So. War for Jeff Kent. I don't know. You should I don't know. Greatest offense. I, I, I don't. I weirdly don't feel. I I don't feel as though there's anybody that's being left out that I'm saying it is a, an abomination that this person is not in the Hall of Fame at this point. These are guys that I think are Hall of Famers, but I, I can't say this isn't like the year that they, they wouldn't let Roberto Alomar get into the Hall of Fame at the first. Now I get it, Roberto Alomar kind of not a great guy. Um But I mean, I think A Rod should be in. I mean, I think it's I think he should be in, but it's like eighth. I, I un no, oh, it's not. It's Sorry, I, I, I was looking at Manny's eighth year. This is A Rod's the, third. The A Rod thing though is different because he went to over and over the extraordinarily lengths related to steroids. Like it's not the Ryan Braun thing. I don't know that he got anybody fired. Like Ryan Braun can go f himself. He cost people jobs protecting himself. I don't know if Alex Rodriguez did that, but the comedic lengths that he went to use steroids I can understand penalizing him I don't I wouldn't personally but I'm not this is not the Barry Bonds argument to me the Barry Bonds argument we always knew the Barry Bonds story he looked around everybody else was doing steroids he was already a Hall of Fame caliber baseball player before he started using steroids and when everybody else was doing it like it was almost comical that he wouldn't he was falling behind the rest of the sport and you could maybe say that Alex Rodriguez felt the same way but we don't have as much I don't know what the line was for when Alex Rodriguez starting use, started using. I think Alex Rodriguez was a Hall of Fame baseball player, whether or not he used steroids. So that's why I would vote for Alex Rodriguez. And as I said before, everybody was using steroids. Steroids is not. I would vote for Alex Rodriguez because of it. But Barry Bonds, it's a joke that he's not in the Hall of Fame. It's embarrassing for the Hall of Fame. It's embarrassing for baseball. It's embarrassing for everyone that Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame. I don't know that I feel exactly the same way about Alex Rodriguez yet. Maybe when we get to year 10, I'd say, okay, it's a joke now. Like, we've, we've done the bit. You've punished the guy. You have to recognize he was one of the greatest baseball players of all time. You've got to put him in the Hall of Fame. It's a joke that Barry – it's not a joke that Mark McGuire's not in. Mark McGuire, to me, I don't know that he's a Hall of Fame baseball player. He's a guy that hit a ton of home runs and used steroids. Barry Bonds is a Hall of Fame baseball player. I don't, Alex Rodriguez, I might get there with him. I might feel that way. And then if somebody said – is it okay that David Ortiz is in and Alex Rodriguez isn't? Nope, it's not. That's not okay. And that would be the best argument that I would have for why it is a joke that Alex Rodriguez, but I, don't, I just don't feel like I do think that Alex Rodriguez was scummy, and so I don't feel strongly about screaming about Alex right. Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't I, – I would vote for him, but it's not a, an embarrassment to me yet that he's not in the way that it is with Barry Bonds. All right, can we take a break? Or uh, we need to, yes. Yeah, I don't know what our schedule is today. You can just call Patrick. It's fine. Is that who's coming up no, next? No, uh, next is uh, County, County oh, Sports and then, Radio. Oh, and, and then, then Patrick? Patrick? Okay. Well, then let's take a break. Okay. We can do it that way. Thank you to Dave Ginsburg for uh, unveiling his ballot with us. We will get it up later today at uh, glennclarkradio.com. I'm sure it's already up at the BBHOF tracker because those guys um, they are asleep. Yeah. No, they are. They are They are on top. Ryan Thibodeau and, uh, God, what's his, Callum, Anthony Calamus. It's a great group of guys over there. And I appreciate the work that they do, and I always try to give them credit because we all use their resources every year. We always look at the BBHOF tracker. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. 
so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make sure you tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday brought to you by live casino and hotel and if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Khan's OnlyFans page at wait are people supposed to know about that all right back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program on Tuesdays like to get caught up in what's going on in the world of high school sports joining us now from County Sports Zone for County Sports Zone Radio he is our friend Wes Brown Wes, good morning, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? Everything is good over here. Um, obviously, a lot in the world of basketball at the high school level, and um, a pretty big surprise is a long win streak came to a close. Yeah, yeah. Last week I was out at, at Hammond in, in, in Howard County where they they snapped Howard sixty four game county win streak. Wow. Uh, the, the the Bears had you know been challenging the the top you know tier you know Howard River Hill are always kind of up there in, in girls basketball uh, but they they finally got over the hump um, powerful win um, they they just kept you know driving the ball no fear 
um, and, and got it done. So um, their, their coach said, you know, obviously the, the goal wasn't just to to beat Howard, but it, it's definitely a step towards the, the state title. They, they I was going to say, right, like that puts is it Hammond legitimately in play to try to go win a state title now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they definitely have the the pieces. They have some size. They have some some skill at the the guard position. So it should be should be fun to see how they can compete for a, a county title and then and then move forward into the state championships. And let's stay on the girls basketball side of things as uh, we go to Harford County to find this week's athlete of the week. Yeah, uh, Ailey Galloway um, has been you know a force for for Falston so far this year. Um, teams up to you know an eight and two record, six and zero in league play. Um, she's had at least a double double in in each game this year. Wow. So I mean, you can't really do do much better than that. Um, last week though, uh, fourteen and twelve against uh, Rising Sun with three steals, and then a triple double, 20, 20, uh, 22 points, sixteen rebounds, and eleven assists against C Milton. Right. I mean, it's it's just you know hard hard to put up the, those kind of numbers regardless. No, that's really impressive. There's no question about that. He's Wes Brown from County Sports Zone. He's with us for County Sports Zone Radio here on GCR. Anything else from this past week on the basketball side that jumped out at you? Um, not too much. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of been, you know, just getting back into league play, getting back into the swing of things. Um, I think we'll really start to see stuff mixing up here in the next, you know, two, three, four weeks um, as we get towards the, the, the postseason. All right. So let's talk about what's coming up this week, because there's a huge event this weekend. Yep. The, the 2024 Capital Hoops Challenge is this weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, it's got some, you know, private school teams, public school teams um, from the area, uh, also bring in some some teams from out of state. Um, some some of the games will, will be on, you know, NBC Sports Washington Monumental Sports Network. Um, so it should, should be good to see, you know, some of the top, you know, high school talent from around, you know, the, not only just this area, but the country, um, you know, playing and, and being able to, to, to watch that from home. No, that's a very big deal. Where is the event? Um, I believe it's it's somewhere around DC. I'm not sure if it's usually at Dematha or if okay. it's at one of the, the schools in DC. Okay, and I know it's a it's obviously a huge event, and uh, good councils involved. Mount Zion Preps involved. Bullis, obviously, when you look at the schools from Maryland, St. Andrews is involved. Wow, Georgetown Prep. Um, boy, there is there is a lot going on over Saturday and Sunday. That is a huge huge event. Um, all right, and uh, you can maybe pick some of those games right at County Sports Zone. Yep. Yep. The, the CSC uh, pick comes back. Um, we're, right now we're doing about, you know, a, a county slate every day, uh, mixing across the, the counties across Maryland. Um, really easy. You can just sign up, you know, pick which team you think is going to win e- each game in, in the slate um, and, and just, you know, can compare yourself to, to how others pick. You know, it's a super, super fun game. Uh, quick and easy, and, and it's a fun way to, to interact with the, the high school sports. All right, uh, and remind everybody about everything they can find at County Sports Zone and where they can find both CSE and yourself on social media. Yep, so County Sports Zone is your home for all these sports and schedules, you know, across the state of Maryland. Um, today, with the, the weather, is a lot of postponements sure. on, on the website as well. Um, but CSE scores on socials and I'm W underscore Brown 21 on socials. Very good. Uh, always appreciate it, Wes. Thanks for taking the time for us. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. All right. Yep. See you guys next week. That's Wes Brown from County sports zone for County sports zone radio here on GCR. Um, not, you know, like the push, a lot of pushback as I look over a lot of pushback from Gins voting for Omar Vizquel. I, it's a tough one because I don't know if people are just reacting to. Let me just try to pull up what the word is on this allegation. Uh, Omar, 
Um, Omar Vizquel, uh, a lo- civil lawsuit accused him of sexually aggressive behavior. And he apparently responded to it. He was sued by a former bat boy. Said that Vizquel demanded the bat boy wash his back. I don't. I have no idea how to. I, I have no idea what to make of that. I have no clue. Um, he was also apparently accused of domestic violence in 2020 by an ex-wife. So to me, you know, with the you know uncertainty of you know what kind of guy he is, uh, plus I and to me his stats aren't aren't all I, that great to me. Well, so, I mean, I it, it depends on he, what, he what are you actually yeah, he's great, at. De- great defensive player. Yeah, the, um, this is this but is offensively. I don't think he to me he didn't bring enough. You know, I mean, obviously he did. He, he had a what almost twenty year career. So there is that. Oh, he had a twenty three year career. Longevity yeah. certainly there. It's I'd be like I, I but, if he was a nothing as a hitter, I would. I would I would have no argument for him. He hit 272 for his career. And that includes obviously the tail end when he was playing deep into his career. I I have always thought there was more. Now, his career war was only 45.6. So I could see um he was a, you know, mid 600s, I guess upper 600s OPS guy like. No, I, I he certainly was never a power hitter. There's no doubt debate about that. He was never that. I don't feel strongly like Omar Vizquel as a baseball player is all and yes, certainly the idea that Hey, there's enough there that makes us question Omar Vizquel the person. That maybe that's enough to say, I, even if it's close, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna vote for him. I'm good with that. I really am. I'm not. To me, Omar Vizquel is not some sort of slam dunk mm-hmm. as a Hall of Famer. It's the I like the idea of us considering other aspects of baseball other than just this guy hit. We it, it has been so lazy over the years. 500 home runs, 3,000 hits. That's how you get into the Hall of Fame. And if he didn't do one of those two things, you know, good luck. That's always come off lazy to me in judging Hall of Famers. So I like the idea of trying to look for other things about a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't feel strongly about Omar Vizquel, but I, I just like the idea of saying, hey, we think this aspect matters. And the fact that he was definitively the best, the best of his era defensively, we think that should be relevant. I, I'm good with that. Like, I like that consideration. Now, for what it's worth, try to find some players whose career war is similar to Omar Vizquel. Right. Yeah. Um, um, he has the same career war as Jose Ramirez. So. Now, nah, Jose Ramirez still has time. He's going to yeah, add to that. Yeah. He's going to add to it. He has a slightly, his career war is slightly less than Bartolo Colon. And Cologne didn't get it. I don't think he might have got one vote. I think yeah, so. Mark Grace, who I think that I, I was um, always surprised there wasn't but more. But to your point about you know kind of you know expanding, that's why I you know Billy Wagner is on saying, my vote now. He keeps saying ah. Well, yeah. Griffin's I, really trying to put over his fake vote. I don't know what it's, Griffin well, woke up today and he was like real vote. He was like I didn't really book any guests, but what I did was I I had a fake vote for the Hall of Fame, and I really want to put that over. Today. We can talk about that for two hours. Yeah, that's what, that's what he decided to do. It's like it was a snow day, so that's what I did. Exactly, it is a snow day. I'm putting over my vote. If you want to put up our votes? You can do that. It's fine. I don't. I, I don't. I just. I. I don't know what it is this year. I don't. It probably is the Ravens. It really has nothing to do with the class. Yeah, it's the Ravens. I am so distracted that I don't have room to be emotionally attached to the Hall of Fame vote in any way. 
I'll, I'll listen to anything. You want to make your, your pitch to me? Make your pitch for a du- Brandon Phillips. Go ahead. Pitch me why um, Brandon Phillips is a Hall he of Famer. Was, uh, he was definitely a fun player to watch. That's for Brandon sure. Phillips. He's married to Jade Cargill, and she's lovely. So, <laughs> um, um, But I think the uh, or the people are upset because they don't understand why Beltran loses a vote and Vizquel picks up a vote. I, his his argument is right. that the sign-stealing thing is why he dropped Carlos Beltran. He said, look, I screwed this up last year. I should have dropped him last year. I didn't. I, I shouldn't have voted for him. Beltran will be back I'm, on his I'm ballot. I'm fixing that this year. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, like, I we can... I, there are people that that are holier than thou about this. Like they, either they're a Hall of Famer or they're not. I used to scream when I used to care this deeply about this stuff. I used to be the guy that would scream and, and have piss and vinegar about these types of things. Like, what do you mean he's not on your ballot this year, but he be on your ballot in the future? Is he is he a Hall of Famer or isn't he? I just, it, I, I'm not work again. I'm worked up about that when it's someone who's obviously it was embarrassing that Roberto Alomar didn't get in on his first ballot. That was nuts. But unless, short of that standard, I just don't think I can get worked up about anybody at this point. Like, that's the standard. If you're not that guy, I can't get worked up about, I voted for him this year, but I, whatever. That wouldn't, in similar to steroids, I, I, Carlos Beltran, I would continue to vote for. God, you're going to make me put together a stupid list and have a stupid fake vote, too. Talk to Patrick Stevens. Real we'll list. try to talk about some, yeah. something real when we come back. Oh, you get here. his vote? No. Get his ballot? No. We're going to talk to him about a big win for Maryland. Patrick Stevens joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and 
killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here and into hour number two of the program. If you missed it yesterday, Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson. We're talking about the Orioles' international signings. I know a lot of uh, hubbub down in the Dominican this week, the Orioles' academy. So they were talking about that as well as... Some other baseball topics. You can find that conversation right now, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Every Monday, Stan, Ross, and Luke talking baseball with you during the course of the year. And every Tuesday here on GCR, we like to talk a little college basketball. Joining us now, in fact, in a couple weeks, we'll be talking college lacrosse again. It just struck me how close we are to uh, games being played and the fact that I have to plan a preview show that um, I'm just not ready for. But joining us now, uh, of course, our friend, uh, Washington Post, among other places, Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter. He is Mr. Patrick Stevens, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Patrick, I know it's been a tough week for you. Always appreciate you taking the time for us, sir. Well, thank you so much, Glenn. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I, I admittedly, I, I think you won't be surprised to learn that I haven't watched a lot of Maryland games from start to finish this season. They haven't, they haven't all been worth watching from start to finish this season. But I watched that on Sunday from start to finish. And I, the term that came to mind to me is miraculous. Like how a team that, that, is, that can't shoot, and I know they actually made a couple of shots in the second half, but let's not overstate that. They can't shoot. And their dominant post player can't hit a free throw, and yet somehow manage to defend and grind their way. Like that to me was the definition of a grind, of just saying, hey, we've got to keep doing this every time we touch the ball and figuring out the way to win a game on the road against a pretty good team. I, that, I, miraculous is the word that I come up with. I have no idea how that team goes and wins the game playing the way that they play. Well, let's, let's think about something here. Look, I'm going to run through the number of three-pointers that Maryland has attempted against power conference opposition. Okay, 26 against Villanova, 16 against Indiana, 25 against Penn State, 22 against UCLA, 22 against Purdue, 12 against Minnesota, 21 against Michigan, 17 against Illinois. I I think part of what happened the other day was they simply didn't take as many shots that they can't make. Yep. Or not likely to make. They still they still shot about what you would think they would shoot from three. They were four four of seventeen, but four of seventeen is still better uh, than you know being in that five of twenty five range right. or something like that. Right. Uh, and so I feel like that's part of what happened. I think part of what happened too is for whatever reason, like Illinois just does not play well against Maryland, and it is a recurring thing year in and year out. And it's one of those things that you, you know, you watch them up close when they come to town and they, and they, you know, there have been times where they have been far superior to Maryland. They were far superior to Maryland the other day. Um, and they just figure out a way to lose. And you, you, you wonder what's going on there. And if it's just a one team thing or, or whatever. Uh, but I feel like Illinois played a role in its own, own demise as well. I mean, just simply getting pounded uh, in the paint, but, you know, you talked the, the key word to what you were saying was grind. 
And that's what we've kind of been saying the whole time. Like, usually they're not going to get into the 70s, but that kind of game where they just defend the heck out of people yep. and figure out a way to score some points here and there is, is one of the keys to this. Another thing that's crucial to Maryland, and I thought this was apparent in the Michigan game last week that they won in College Park, is their best offense might just be being able to generate a couple easy baskets each half off of the press. The problem is you have to score to be able to set the press up. Right. right. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's a, it's a there, conundrum. That's a, that's a slight flaw in the plan, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, but that is their best. That, that is when they look their best is when they get a bucket, they set up the press, they get an easy bucket off of that. And all of a sudden, Everybody feels a little bit better because the ball's gone in the basket twice in 10 seconds. Uh, so I feel like, you know, those, those two elements, just in general, the willingness to defend in the half court, and even when they were playing poorly early in the season, Maryland was playing pretty decent defense. Um, that's kind of, you can imagine that being a path in a fairly mediocre Big Ten to getting to 9-11 and 11 or 10-10 and 10 or whatever it's going to be. Um, but it just isn't going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. I mean, even a game like Sunday, as as well as th- certain things went, like this is just not going to be an aesthetically pleasing team to watch. No, not, just at, not at all. I, I do think that, that there is credit. I, I, the way I was going to pose the question, and I think you kind of already answered it, was is there any chance that the second half against Michigan was some sort of turning point? It, it, seems, it seems like you're saying, no, it's more likely that this is just sort of an anomaly against one opponent. But it, is there credit? Yeah. Is there credit to be given to Kevin Willard and his staff for getting these guys to maybe buy into, look, this is what we are. This is our only path forward. You have to play this basketball and having them come out and do it on Sunday. Yes. It's exactly the same kind of thing that we saw in 2021 when a a similarly limited team had only so many ways that it was going to win, and Mark Turgeon was able to, to coax them into an NCAA tournament berth. Now, I don't know that there are there's enough in the tank here to be able to do that. Because at the end of the day, you know, I know you've heard me say this before, but you have to score to win. Right. Like, it, it, at, when you're playing high-level games, you know, teams on offense, there's a built-in advantage to any team that has a, de- has a remotely competent offense, which is that it knows where the ball is going to go at a given moment, theoretically anyway. And the defense might have a pretty good idea, but it doesn't know, no, right? So, you know, you do simply having control of the ball gives you that on offense. Now, you know, is there a scenario where Maryland has two or three random games against the right teams where they just knock down some shots and things are awesome? Yeah, that's absolutely in play. And I also think it's helpful that, you know, they're not going to see Purdue again until at least the Big Ten tournament, if not next season. They only have to deal with Wisconsin once. And so right there, that's probably the two best teams in the league at this point. I'm not completely sold on Wisconsin being great, but I I think they're pretty good. So the schedule at least works in your favor a little bit if you're Maryland. Not so much that there's going to be very many easy games, but at least you're not not staring at at Zach Eady again. Uh, And you're not staring at having to deal – with the ultimate grinded out team in Wisconsin just wearing you out 
um, with, you know, 28 second possessions over and over and over again. So I do think there is a path for Maryland to scratch out a win here and a win there and, and to be playing re- somewhat, you know, relevant basketball. Uh, but it isn't going to be easy, and it's probably not going to be enough given that there's just not enough of a track record so, that this team is going to score on a, on, on a frequent enough basis. Uh, but credit to them for sure for playing defense to keep themselves in a lot of these games that, ju- they, that they haven't necessarily won. Just for the sake of the conversation, because what you just said I completely believe to be the, the, the truth, but for the sake of – if there were to be a way to build a resume – what what, one win does not a resume make right like we all know that like it's a good win it's a heck of a win and in a way i would say it it, it's the first time you could ever even think about the path to building a resume is because they won this game what would they need like who would they need to beat in order to be able to look and say maybe there is a resume by the time we get the march yeah if if we assume and i don't think it's an unfair assumption if we assume that they're going to you know, that Sunday is a bit of an anomaly and that they're probably going to be much more of a home court hero type team sure. the rest of the way, like they were last year. I don't think that's an unfair thing to say. Then you're sitting there thinking, well, win, win the rest of your home games and then find a way to pick off, you know, maybe, you know, avoid anything bad on the road. Beat Penn State, in other words. Right. Uh, which is, which is obviously a tough ask for Maryland, no matter who the coach. No doubt. Um, and then figure out a way to win one of the more high-profile, another high-profile road game, whether that's Michigan State, whether that's Wisconsin, um, maybe even uh, maybe even uh, what, what Ohio State. I mean, I'm not sure Ohio State's really that good either. Uh, you know, I feel like that's the that's the caveat for, that we say for pretty much everybody in the Big Ten this year. Well, I'm not sure how good. <laughs> Uh, you know, so at least this year, at least this year, we're not all subjected to a bunch of propaganda talking about how great the league is because everybody can see with their eyes that it's not. So in any case, you know, I, I, I think that there's probably, uh, you know, the, to the two early losses to Davidson and UAB probably have to be offset by some other accomplishments. And like you said, at this point, the only victory that they have on the board that's really worth anything is the one that they got in Champaign on Sunday. But as you sort of allude to, as you sort of point out there, that at least gives you reason to think that maybe you could pick up another one down the road. Sure. It's a lot easier It's a lot easier to believe that you can get a second one when you have one than to get a first one when you have none. He is Patrick Stevens. He is with us here on GCR. Let's go to the local front. Uh, we did not get to talk after Towson got that really good win against Wilmington last week. I know they went on the road and lost at Northeastern. I, what do we make of – is that sort of just going to be life in the CAA this year? I think a little bit, and, and I think that that league, um, it, it may well be Drexel and Charleston and everybody else Okay, because uh, that's what it looks like right now. I mean – if you look at the standings right now in the CAA, uh, let's just say I'm glad that I'm not trying to do tiebreakers at the moment. Yeah. Because there are nine teams at two and two in the league. Which well, that'll means, be easy. Which, which um, imagine you got to the end of the season and that was reflected. It's not going. To be. That means that somebody in that log jam, two somebody's in that log jam, would be getting a double buy into the quarterfinals 
and one of them would be stuck playing on the first day of the tournament. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so so it, it's it, it it's not going to end up that way. Right, you obviously, know, there's obviously yes, a long yeah. a, a long way to go, but you know, to me. Uh, you know, I think there's certainly some good teams in there. I, I think Towson is probably in the second tier, but credit to them for getting UNC Wilmington. I, I don't think they're in that Drexel Charleston tier. I say that and watch, uh, you know, Drexel comes to town next Thursday for a game that I'm definitely looking forward to see how that one shakes out. Uh, but it's not as if, you know, losing to Monmouth, losing to Northeastern, both of those teams are, are comparable to Towson. Uh, in, in overall profile, so yeah, I, I, it would not shock me if that if Towson's a team that can sneak its way into fourth place when all is said and done. It also wouldn't shock me, just given the state of the league right now, if they're more like six, seven, or eight. Um, so, you know, I think their their goal. And it, it sounds like a broken record from last year, um, but I feel like the thing that they have to aim for is: can you just finish in the top four? and then take your chances once you get to D.C. Um, because it's going to be a one-bid league no matter what. I feel like you know the big story locally this week is it's rivalry week, right? It's uh, Morgan Coppin for the first time. It's Army-Navy for the first time. I, I don't know how to look at either of these games as far as significance. I would guess that we would say this is really significant for Navy as they try to stay at the, uh, the, the upper half of the Patriot League. Yeah, and, and you know you look, at, you look at where the Patriot League standings are right now. They are tied for fourth in a three-way tie at two and two with Boston university and Bucknell. Uh, and so, you know, they, they played decent against Colgate, but let that game get away at the end. They lost at Lafayette, which has bizarrely turned out to be uh, the, the hot team in the Patriot league at this point. They were, you know, the leopards were one in 12 in non-conference play with a victory over a non D one team. And they still have a team that's ranked in the bottom six in offensive efficiency in, uh, in, in, on Kempom, but they've won four in a row. They've beaten Colgate. They've won it. And they, they won at Colgate to be specific. They won at Boston. U. they beat Navy. Uh, but if you're Navy, I think army in, in a year with a first year coach with a young roster that does have some really interesting players, most notably the freshman, uh, Josh Scovins and Ryan Curry, uh, you know, that, that is a game you gotta win if, if you're Navy and, and they get two home games this week and they play three out of their next four at home. They get Lehigh on Wednesday. They have a home game against Loyola the last weekend of the month. Uh, this is an opportunity with struggling Lehigh, with Army at home. They go to Bucknell, which should be a toss-up. Loyola at home and then at Lehigh. Maybe there's a chance that they can get on a roll a little bit. You know, I think uh, one thing that is really a, a bit of a concern there, Austin Inge has missed the last three games. Um, and so – you know, their their ceiling is probably a little bit limited if they don't have him. But I'll tell you what, Mac McDonald has uh, has put together a couple pretty decent games this month. He had 35 against Holy Cross last week. Uh, and so that kind of offsets uh, Inge's absence a little bit. Uh, and they also have a guy that I, I think is one of my favorite players in the area this year, Donovan Draper, the former football player, hmm. uh, who is just, just a rebounding machine. For them and, and a guy that's like six five, six six, but just absolutely ferocious on the glass. Uh, and you you kind of look at those those nightly rebounding numbers. He, he's a he, he he's one of those guys. He, he didn't you know he didn't play basketball last season, and so he's still sort of 
doesn't entirely know what he's doing. He does it really hard, you know. Like I, I, I would, I would compare him in, in some ways. He's, he's not unlike. He's not the. He's not the same player, but not unlike watching Malik Miller from Morgan State in his early okay. in his career. A yeah. guy that you just knew was going to fly around and make things happen, uh, and, and you know, put put forth all the effort possible. So when I say that maybe he doesn't know what he's doing, I'm not trying to like diminish right. it in any way. The, the, the dude, I, I have so much respect for the way the guy plays. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's a guy that as time goes on, we're going to see him get better and better. Uh, and he's somebody that, that the mids are going to be really, really happy that they've had, they have uh, as he gets deeper into his career. On uh, on the national front, I know the big story this week is UConn's the new number one. Although it, it's starting to feel like you know, check back with us next week. There'll probably be another one. Um, but the, I did not realize this until I saw. I think Joe Lenardi tweeted out that for the first time that he's ever done bracketology, he has Gonzaga outside of the field of sixty-eight at the moment. I I, I guess I hadn't really thought about it all that much because you know. Is you and I talk about once you get into league play, you kind of stop thinking about Gonzaga a little bit. But um, is is there a world right now where Gonzaga could end up missing the NCAA tournament? Completely. Um, you know, they had a it's a, a, a tough combination of things. First of all, you know, they lost their their most high profile games. They lost to Connecticut and Seattle. They lost at home to San Diego State. They lost to Purdue out in Maui. And then the names of the teams that they beat that you would go, oh, those are nice brand-name victories, Syracuse and especially UCLA and USC, all on neutral courts, having rough years. Right. And so this is, not, this is not the same kind of juggernaut that they've had. It's still a good team. And I thought, you know, they opened WCC play by beating Pepperdine by 26 and San Diego by 27. And you're like, man, you know, maybe they've just started to figure it out here. And then they go to Santa Clara and lose by a point. And they trailed for a good chunk of that game. Uh, and so Herb Sendek picks up a nice victory there out at Santa Clara. And that's a pretty decent Santa Clara team. Maybe not as good as their, their better teams of late, but still pretty good. I mean, it's a 12-17. and 17, And that's a team that's won 20 games three of the last four years. And the one year they didn't was the pandemic season. So it's not like that's an embarrassing loss. But they, there's just not a lot of heft um to to the resume and so they have a couple opportunities three really in february that i think are just critical for them they go to kentucky in a random non-conference game on february 10th and they close up shop for the regular season at san francisco and at st mary's uh in a three-day span uh as february turns into march and honestly everything else they have between now and then besides the home games against Kentucky and San Francisco or St. Mary's in San Francisco, they're, they're all games that don't really help them a whole lot. And so, you know, they, they are not, a, they do not have the profile of a team that we're going to see in the tournament. Now there's opportunities for them, obviously, and they could always just go and win the WCC tournament, uh, which, you know, the key to that, I think remains the same, get a top two seed and you only have to win two games. Uh, so that that's, frankly, looking like their most likely path. And I wouldn't count them out, but that doesn't mean uh, that, that it's a sure thing. This is, this is by far uh, the most vulnerable Gonzaga team we've seen in a long while. The last time that Gonzaga uh, had taken four losses into, into the new year uh, was, back in 20, uh, was back in 2010-11. Uh, and that team wound up 
being able to pick off uh, St. John's in a 6-11 game, uh, but it still wasn't as good as the typical traditional Gonzaga team that you think of most of the time. Let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? And, of course, we've been mixing it up of late, including managers. This one, I, I don't know if you're going to nail all the years for it. I'm sure you'll get all the teams. Five teams managed. Jim Riggleman is the first on our list this week. Jim Riggleman for five teams. Okay, so Jim Riggleman, his first job, I believe, was in San Diego. It certainly was. And that would have been like 1991 to 93-ish. So 92 to 94, very close. 92 to 94. And then he popped up. Uh, with the Cubs, right, yes, from like 95 to 98? 95 to 99, yep. 99, okay. Um, am I remembering him getting a run in Seattle briefly? Yes, you are. Yes, you are, and it was brief. Do you want to guess the year? It Was, was it 09? 08. 08 was 08. the year in Seattle. Okay, and then you got the, uh, the, the, the famous... Uh, the famous stint yeah. um, that ended at Caddies at Cordell on Cordell <laughs> in Washington, and I believe I believe that was what oh nine to eleven maybe. That is correct. That is and one then, thousand percent correct. And then he had the interim stint in uh, Cincinnati, right? Yes, he did. And that was at the end of the Brian Price era, if I remember correctly. So, like, 18 or 19? 18. Wow, that's unbelievable. That is so unbelievable. That's just ridiculous. All right, uh, so I've been trying to poke through and find some older guys because you requested that a few weeks ago, like when we found Al Oliver. Again, I, I, by the way, I got two when I did this. So if you say this is too far, I'll understand. But this is a four-time All-Star and a two-time World Series winner and a two-time Silver Slugger Award winner. He ended up having six teams for a career that lasted from 71 to 88. George Hendrick is who I have. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. That's, I, this is a ball buster. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one is. Well, let's, let's knock the two easy ones out first. He, he was in St. Louis, and he was in California. He right? certainly was. St. Louis from 78 to 84, California from 85 to 88. So there were three, okay. there were three teams before St. Louis, and then there was he started the 85 season somewhere else before he went to the Angels. Okay, am I rem- and, uh, remembering might not be the right You're word. You're trying to think of looking at the back of a baseball card at some point. L- exactly, completely trying to do it that way. Um, I'll throw I'll throw two teams out to start with. Cleveland and Oakland. Cle- Oakland is where he began his career for two seasons. Cleveland for four seasons after that. So this is oh. already a win. <laughs> like this is unbelievable. You're missing the right. two seasons, seventy-seven and seventy-eight, and then the place where he started the eighty-five season. Okay. How about we toss out San Diego? San Diego from seventy-seven to seventy-eight. If you somehow go six for six on George Hendrick, we might have to stop this game. We might not okay. be able to play it again. Well, at this point, I've got about a one in twenty chance of getting yeah. it right um, because we've we've got five teams out, and there were only twenty six at that point. So, uh, I, I really don't know. So, th- this is a total dart throw. Um, 
I'm going to go with the Mariners. Okay, it was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was where he began okay. the 85 season. Jesus, that's just unbelievable, though. Um, all right, so this one's a, a bit of a trickier one. Four teams. Uh, obviously, he's gone on. A but, trickier one. I, well, based I was I was going to give you what I thought was an easier. I had two different names depending on how you went with George Hendrick. You went five. Oh. Pa- Patrick, you went five for six on George Hendrick. How, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Um, and actually, I I went three for four on this guy for what it's worth. Um, uh, only an All Star once, a three time Gold Glove Award winner, and uh, of course went on to become a manager. Brad Osmus is the other name that I have for you. Brad Osmus was definitely in Houston. Certainly was. Was definitely in San Diego. Most certainly was. Pretty sure he was in Detroit Abs- as a player. Those were the three that I got as well. Uh, so one other spot for Brad Osmus. Uh, um, 09 and 10, he finished his career somewhere. Maybe, I don't know. St. Louis. Ah, you should have gone with your personal rule. Oh, it was the Dodgers. Dodgers for two seasons. At the I, end I, I, do, I do not remember. I don't remember it either. Dodgers. Don't remember even a little bit. Uh, what's the schedule look like for you this week, sir? Uh, going to Lehigh Navy on uh, on Wednesday, and then uh, Maine UMBC on Thursday, Marist Mount St. Mary's on Friday, uh, George Mason St. Bonaventure Saturday, uh, and Sunday, uh, Maryland and Michigan State in College Park. At Discourse, D1S Course, as always, is how you follow them. Always appreciate you, sir. Uh, oh, thanks for doing this, and we'll talk again next Tuesday. All right. Awesome, Glenn. Take care. Patrick Stevens with us here on GCR, as he is every Tuesday. Project Game Day returns this Saturday following Ravens-Texans. Myself, Rita says she's going to the game. She's going to be cold. This is going to be one of those. She'll try to hop on the phone as she's, like, walking out of the game on Saturday, and, like, it's not going to be pleasant. There's just no way around that. Um, appreciate Rita and Femi and KZ all came out last night for our event. That was really special. I appreciated that a great deal. Uh, they'll all be with us, uh, Andrew Stecka, Josh Charles, the whole crew, Saturday uh, after Ravens-Texans in the divisional round. Come hang out with us, Project Game Day, live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. It's all brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and helpmygamblingproblem.org. Um, why don't we do Picks Recap? All right. Let's do that. Um, Picks Recap brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Brandon Hyder, Mo Gabba, Sports Person of the Year. By the way, the Orioles announced their promotional schedule today. Oh, they did. Includes a Brandon Hyde bobblehead this season. Let me see. Yeah, I'm going to need to pull up get some of that those. One. By the way, uh, our best of issue. Go get it right now. Brandon Hyde, um, AL Manager of the Year bobblehead on April 27th. April 27th. All a right. Mr. Splash bobblehead on May 10th. Mm. <laughs> I thought you were a Mr. Splash guy. I no, thought. I'm definitely a Brandon Hyde guy. Well, I'm I mean, yeah, I like Mr. Splash. Too. but A 70th anniversary replica jersey, of course, uh, 1954. The first. So t- technically, this is the goofy part about how math works. 1954 was the first season of the Orioles, so last year was actually the 70th year. But this is the 70th anniversary. It's a whole thing. Uh, They're doing a 70th anniversary replica jersey of the first ever Orioles jersey on May 17th. Um, A hot dog race t-shirt giveaway on May 27th. Uh, I think that one will be popular. An Anthony Santander walk-off bobblehead 
on yep. June 1st. Yep. Where his bat is flipped, which is actually looks pretty cool. All right. Um, I'm, in for, I'm in for that one for sure. Uh, An Orioles Pride jersey. It's a, a LGBTQ, like the rainbow-themed, an Orioles Pride jersey on Pride Night on June 27th. The City Connect Hawaiian shirt, I'm sure, will be wildly popular. That's on June 29th. Uh, Orioles Ooh. Beach Towel on July 9th. A City Connect reversible floppy hat, also, I have no doubt, will be wildly popular on July 26th. And uh, I feel like there was something else that I saw. Oh, a Gunnar Henderson bobblehead on August 23rd. Uh, Orioles soccer jersey on August 24th. Maybe I skipped some because I just didn't have the picture oh, there. Gunnar Henderson? Yeah, there I we just, go. I just said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to see it. Oh, they, didn't, they, did not make, they did not post the picture. Yet. Yeah, that's why... I, just repeating everything I just said. I want to make sure everybody gets the point. What is going on? What just happened there? I feel like I feel like I might have had a stroke. Have they done a bark? They're doing bark of the park. Yeah, doing bark of the park. I don't. Yeah. You know, it's a good point. Like I know, I know, know then I like, don't know that I've. Billy ever, always does it, and the Nationals have done it. Yeah. Um, I don't know that the Orioles have ever done bark of the park, where you can bring your dog to the stadium. Which I'm all. I would love to do that. I would really, really love to oh. do that. Orioles crew neck on September 22nd. I don't know why you're all that worked about the uh, crew neck. Crew Adley neck. Rutschman switch hitter bobblehead on July 28th. I They, again, have not shared a picture, so I don't know if it's like two different versions of Adley Rutschman oh. in the same bobblehead, which would be cool, like one where he's left-handed, one where he's right-handed. I don't, I don't know all of the details, but um, yeah. Lot of a uh, lot of quality giveaways for the Orioles, and they're doing the six thirty starts or six thirty five yeah, starts we'd, we'd all over the summer. We had known that throughout they the entire that. summer, and it's what four oh five on Saturdays is what they're going to do all season long. Is that correct? They had announced that previously. What the um, times were going to be? Let me make sure that I have that right for the Saturday starts. It is yeah four oh five for all the Saturday games as well. So uh, that's the promotional schedule for the Orioles this year. Let's go over picks recap for the weekend. Uh, pretty good weekend for most of us. Oddly, Jeremy Kahn had the best weekend. Way too late for that. <laughs> like entirely too late for Jeremy Kahn. They posting a 5-1 and one and thinking that it's going to matter is he's still 14 games behind Griffin. And as you know, there's only seven games remaining. So Griffin's not going to have to pay the ultimate penalty. But Just too good, yeah. Griffin's nine games behind Paul Valley with seven games remaining. So he's clinched the uh the going to see creed. have you looked at the schedule for creed have you uh, i believe they're in hershey sometime in august it's gonna be a fun night maybe I, here's what i would allow if you could convince someone else to go up with you to the park that day if other people are willing to go to the show and not sit with you like you can make a day out of it but you cannot you have to stand or sit by yourself at the concert you have to take it in by, and I need like video. I need, and I'm gonna start. Whoever's standing around you, if any of these these PFF people are there, <laughs> I'm gonna know. All right. So start looking into that. Griffin's going to see Creed this summer. The only drama is at the top of the table as uh, we end the weekend tied. Here's the way it went. August 23rd. Oh, I'm going to miss the Gunner. Wait, no, the d Gunner's the day before. No, that's, yeah, I'm going to miss the Gunner bubble. You could go to another show. I think they're probably playing like Jiffy Lube Live. They're probably playing. I When I look at their Hershey is the, the closest one I've seen. That doesn't seen. mean that you couldn't pick a different show and just travel a little bit further so you don't have to miss the Gunner bobblehead. What, go to Ohio? I don't think Ohio would be on the list. They're probably playing in, like, Virginia or... Mm. 
uh, New Jersey or somewhere they are like in Atlantic that. City. There you go. Atlantic City's not that bad. September 28th, though. But as, at the Crew Net, no, Crew Net. Yeah, they're playing uh, uh, Brit- Jiffy Lou Live on uh, July 22nd. No, go to that one. that one. I don't know how you missed that one. You can go to that one. No, it's not on their website. That's why. All right. what do you mean it's not on their website? I'm looking at their website right now. It I, says July 26, them. Bristow, Virginia, Jiffy Lube Live. Oh, 26. I thought you said 22nd. No, I said July 26th. Right, it. It's on their website. How far is Bristow? I mean, it's un. It, it's <laughs> not. It's not the distance that's the problem. It's the traffic. Jiffy yeah, Lube Live is Virginia sucks. Anything. Sucks for going to eat like a show that you want to go to. You don't have a good time going to Jiffy Lube Live. This would be another layer of hell. I would agree with you that I would prefer, in these circumstances, going to Hershey over going mm. to um, a Jiffy Lube Live. But, again, this is about what your priorities are, Chief. <laughs> you want to go uh, get your bobblehead, you might have to make a sacrifice or two because you're not getting out. Of, or you could make a road trip out of it, right? Like you can, oh, yeah, yeah. You can maybe make this like a party. and You could go up to like um, Saratoga, New York. To go see Creed. That would be fun. To go see Creed. You go to, uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Atlantic City. That would be fun, right? The hard rock in Atlantic City. And that's, the, and that's the the closer of the tour. That's the big night on the tour. That's where they'll probably bring out all the special guests. I don't know who that would be. I have no clue. I don't know. I don't know what no I'm going to do. Enjoy, enjoy Creed. Too much. Enjoy it. How much are these tickets? It's a good question. I kind of want to know. <laughs> I am a little bit interested. Uh, Jiffy Lube Live. Is um maybe 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 why won't it, why won't it tell me? Mm-hmm. You don't have you can't. The, oh it, it well it was taking a second to load and now they're making me click Jesus something else. Jesus Christ, man! Why why does anyone ever see? You're Creed? looking up Jiffy Lube live. Uh yes, I'm trying to. Oh, for God's sakes! I, I don't worry, I'll handle it for you. All right, thank I'll, you. I'll get thank this you. taken oh, care. Oh, Daltria? Oh. Uh, is that who's with him? Yeah, I actually, apparently. I've actually been to a Chris yeah. Daughtry show before in my life. I think we were given tickets to give away when he played the lyric, and I was like, I'll go watch that. And it wasn't that bad. I enjoyed myself. Um, you can get lawn tickets for the low, low price of $90 right now at Jiffy Lube Live. The low, Jeez. low price. All right. The, the Hershey has to be better. Um, you say that. Oh, you can sit in the pavilion for $89. Well, that's weird. That's weird. And you only need one ticket. So you're good. There's a, there's a, I got a ticket I'm right great. now. $89 right now. Oh, or you could add club access for just $226. So think about that. So just be, I could at least be comfortable. Think about yeah. that. $89 to sit in the Who, pavilion. Uh, what, what people go to a Creed show? I bet, I bet there's cheaper tickets than that if we went to like StubHub. $70 or uh, for, for there Hershey. There you go. There you go. I've seen Creed at Hershey before. That was, where the legendary story occurred, for those really? that missed, where I admitted that I saw Creed twice in the same right, so summer. So what if I what if I reenact? Where you take a no, you're because yeah. you'd be going with someone. You're not. Yeah, but like it, would, it wouldn't a, be good. I took a girl that I liked. Let me reenact the story. But that she didn't know. I had not told her that I liked her, and we were friends. I took her to see Creed when we were like juniors in high school, and uh, I took her to see Creed at Hershey because she was into Creed, and she ended up making out with another dude at. The Creed Show. I'm seeing forty dollars now at Hershey, so I think that's the play. It's not bad. I guess. I guess I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I can understand that that thought process. But you're gonna miss that bobblehead. Uh, yeah, the cheapest ticket, at, the miss. cheapest get in at Jiffy Lube Live is. Boy, they are really they're killing it at Jiffy Lube I Live. Know. <laughs> cheapest get in is eighty seven dollars. 
at Jiffy Lube Live. Well, they really, they've got quite the audience the pit, there. The pit uh, at Hershey is only $725. What are you doing? How are you going to spend, you guys all, how are you gonna spend $725 you guys. better than that, Griffin? Tell me what you're going to spend $725 on. That's going to uh, be better than being in the pit to go see Creed. Just, I guess, trying to survive. You could taste Scott Stapp from there. Ugh. God. What do you think Scott Stapp smells like? I, I got I a lot of thoughts. I got a lot of thoughts. Maybe I'll try to. I'll try to sneak my way. How hard would that be? You can't get kicked out. You get kicked out. You got to go again. I gotta go again. That's the way it is. So I gotta go to you the gotta, 2025 tour. You gotta make. You got. Well, you might have to go to a different. You might have to go back to Atlantic City. <laughs> you get kicked out. The way that Drew and I once got kicked out of Yankee Stadium. You get kicked out. You got to go back to another show. You can't bail on this. When I had to go see Smash Mouth, I think the agreement was I had to be there for 75% of the show. You had to be there to like the first encore or something like that. Oh, man. Until like they ended the set and they knew they were doing the encore. 75% of the show before you're allowed to leave. But if you're paying that, t- that amount of money, <laughs> if I were you, I would stay for the whole thing. $40. <sighs> anyway, picks recap. All right. I have no idea what you guys were doing. I, I'm befuddled by why everybody was on Cleveland in that game. I have no – it feels like this was just a romantic thing with us locally with Joe Flacco. Although the fact that, again, it's, I, uh, it's puzzling to me that the Browns were favored on the road in that game. I I don't get it. Like, I, I have no idea what I was missing. I guess the defense, I guess, everybody was just enamored by – The defense was not that good on the road. It, like, the numbers on the road were dramatically different for the Browns than they were at home. I, I'll never in my life understand why the Browns were favored on the road in that game. Uh, now, if if Houston had been favored by 10, right. I don't think yeah, I would have no. picked that either. So, let's be fair. It's not like I saw this coming, but that was a bizarro line. Only my And, of course, Griffin was one of the few that got it right. <laughs> Go for, the, two, the two guys at the bottom of the table, Griffin and Jeremy, Got that right with me, as did uh, Nick Kelly. Uh, Miami, Kansas City, as I said yesterday, if I would have known the weather conditions, there's no world in which I would have picked Miami. Just brutal. And I said that to John. And that ends up being the difference, right? If I had just known the weather conditions, then I would have the lead going into the uh, divisional round. Instead, we're tied. But um, I I missed that one, as did Griffin, as did Paul Valley, John Proctor, and Andrew Stecka. Uh, Buffalo, that was hairy for a minute yesterday. Nick Kelly came out. That was really, I was sweet. I mm. was very happy. Nick and Laura Kelly came out last night to our event, and I didn't. I don't know how I'd forgotten that Nick's wife was a Bills fan from Western New York. Was a Bills fan, and there was some nervous energy <laughs> that she was feeling watching that game. And I don't blame her because when like Pittsburgh got back within a score, you're like, are they really gonna f this up? <laughs> are they really gonna figure out a way? Like, Pittsburgh was never really in this game. Only had the the smallest amount of life because of the blocked field goal late in the first half. And somehow you look up and it's a one-score game late, and you're like, what the well, hell they missed that field goal. On? Yeah, right? But right. then, you know, they still had zero urgency. Uh, anyway, uh, Buffalo does end up ultimately winning by a couple of scores and covering there. So Paul Valley, John Proctor, Nick Kelly, Ryan Shell all miss that one. Um, Is Tomlin getting fired? He was I, I we seen if you haven't seen the clip. Yeah. So at after the game, <laughs> I don't remember who asked him if it was Brooke Pryor, maybe from ESPN, uh, brings up the fact that he only has one year left on his contract, and when the question starts, like it, she doesn't even get to get the question out. She doesn't even get to say. She just gave the setup of Mike. You only have one year left on your contract, and like. Before she can even get to the question, 
He just bolts. Do you have it? Yeah. All right. I mean, it's no real audio for Mike Tomlin. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. Just leaves. Just leaves. Doesn't give a... I'm not even thinking about that right now. And again, like that's what you would expect in that moment, is a non-answer. You'd expect a... You know what, guys? We just lost a game. We expected to win. We're... I, I'm, I'm not even thinking about that type of stuff. That That's the answer that you expect. He doesn't even do that. He just bolts. So I have no idea what to read into that. Yeah. Like, that could just be a guy who's pissed off about losing. Maybe, you know, they told him you don't have to answer any questions about this, and so he... Well, I mean, you don't like, have to answer anything. Well, like, yeah. you're yeah. not legally obligated to answer anything that you're asked. Ask Bill Belichick, <laughs> who regularly did not. By the way, also, as uh, Jason Cole predicted, he interviewed with the Falcons yesterday. Um. Also, a little bit awkward that like you share out a tweet. We've conduct. It's one thing when there's sh- these teams are sharing out tweets. Like we've conducted an interview with like so and so, whatever a coordinator is. It's a little bit awkward that like the Falcons treated it the exact same way as they would interviewing Anthony Weaver, right? <laughs> like we've conducted a, a, a interview with a little known coaching candidate named Bill Belichick. Perhaps you've heard of him. Uh, did some work in Cleveland once upon a time very weird to just send out a casual tweet that you're talking to Bill Belichick like he was the special teams coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. Anyway, yeah, um, I don't know what to make of the Tomlin situation. I would think that him getting that team back into the playoffs would be enough that they can't fire him, but how do you handle it? You're not going to have him coach as a lame duck. He would presumably demand a contract extension is there an in-between that they can do where they just tack on another year in order to make it go away? But if you do that, you're kind of announcing that you're not committed to Mike Tomlin. It's just the way of making it go. That one's a really complex conversation. You know, we're, we're interesting we, to see. I don't think they're going to fire Sirianni in Philadelphia. Right. Have but, we ever seen like this many playoff teams be... You know, have coaching? Well, we don't know if any of them are actually going to have changes. This is fair. Like, <laughs> We've been we're forty eight hours in and they haven't fired Mike McCarthy yet. I, man, we're longer than forty eight hours in and they haven't fired Mike McCarthy yeah. yet. What are we? The, we're we're. I guess it's been no, not quite yeah, forty eight hours. Never mind. Almost yeah. forty eight. But we're almost forty eight hours yeah. in. They haven't fired Mike McCarthy yet. I don't know that any of them are actually going to get fired. But like the the uniqueness of Mike Tomlin's contract does, unless like he decides I'm going to retire after next season. And so he is willing to coach as a lame duck because everybody knows he's retiring. But I don't know why anybody would want that. You're going to need a quarterback. You're going to want to tie whoever your quarterback is to a coach. Are they really going to bring back Mike Tomlin for one more year to say try to make it work with Mason Rudolph? Like, you you get one more year with Mason Rudolph and then that's it? If they go get Justin Fields. Yeah, but then again, you're yeah. you're committing to a quarterback. Why wouldn't you want to commit? You, you to would want whole, to tie. I mean, you'd want to say we've got a five year plan. So they extend Tomlin and get Fields. If if that's the yeah if, if that's, that's the, if plan, that's the plan, do they have the ammo to get Fields? I would think that there's going to be a team that's going to have better draft picks. Would they you could rather trade to go get Fields if the Bears are are wanting to do that? Like it's actually fascinating to me whether the Bears go that route. Like everybody keeps saying, you have to take Caleb Williams when you have the chance, and I hear you. Remember, that's what they already said to the Cardinals about Kyler Murray. How's that worked out? I mean, I get, I think he's better than Josh Rosen. Like, I don't think they regret not holding on to Josh Rosen, but 
Justin Fields is better than Josh Rosen. Unless, what, can they tra- trade T.J. Watt and get a top-five pick? Well, that's interesting. I don't know if I mean, that, I don't know if that cap would... Cap implications yeah. of that would be pretty extreme. Although, the Bears, I think, still have some real cap space. The Texans actually have a ton of cap space, but they don't have a pick that you could would use. Would hate to... if they were able to get Jaden Daniels. Um, But why would either the Patriots or the Commanders trade out of a top three Yeah, pick? I guess. Yeah, okay. I, think the I mean, o- if the Bears, I guess, what if the, the Bears only stay and get Marvin Harrison, or they I, won't do that? I don't think there's a chance yeah. in hell of that. I think the only pick that's up for grabs in the top three would be the Bears pick, because the Bears might have a quarterback. The Washington and New England do not have quarterbacks. They absolutely have to take a quarterback in this draft. So I don't think you can get to the second or the third pick. But the Bears pick, maybe. And it's the fascinating part. Until we know how they feel about all of this, that will be fascinating to watch unfold because Fields does become a wild card. If if the Bears are all in on Caleb Williams or are they all in on Justin Fields? So then that is an answer for somebody. But it's going to take a lot of ammunition, right? Like, either way. The Bears are in a good spot in that way. Like, I, I don't know what the correct answer is, but either way they're going to get a lot of assets. Might need a coach. For, yeah. They seem to be committed to Eberflus. Like and again, I, I it, nobody watched, nobody was paying attention. But like what they did in the second half of the season is not dissimilar to what the Lions did the previous year. And the Lions are America's sweethearts, and we think the Bears are a mess. And but we, do we really have that much faith in in Eberflus? And is it just Fields got healthy? You know, down I, the stretch. I, like I thought the Bears were going to be good this year because I thought that we saw Fields, more. Yeah, ju- Justin Fields did more than anybody wanted to give him credit for in his rookie season. And he ultimately got healthy, played well. Having a wide receiver was a good go. What a what a novel concept. Having a wide receiver helps. So if you have Marvin Harrison now and D, and DJ Moore, yo, like you might have something. Now you also added in Montez Sweat to that, right? Like there's there are a lot of pieces to like about the Bears. Can I say definitively that like so the Greg Roman when they was that that's rec- so wild, isn't yeah. it? Because like. We are all rolling our eyes, but everybody else in football is like, hey, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. I don't know Greg what Roman to make of it. Greg Roman interviewed for the Bears. Yeah, Greg season. Roman interviewed to be the offense coordinator. And the awkward part about that is like, you're really going to give Greg Roman, DJ Moore, and Marvin Harrison? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that, that's that would be that the awkward the... part about it. Anyway, uh, Green Bay, Dallas, yes, as uh, we mentioned, another embarrassing loss for Dallas. Um, I, again, I thought this line was crazy. Like, I thought it was nuts. Like, did you guys not pay attention to Dallas in the playoffs? But I did not see no that 27-0. Like, when I picked Green Bay, it wasn't because I thought they were going to – I wouldn't have picked them on the money line. I just thought it was a huge line. Uh, at 7.5 was the number. So myself, Griffin, Paul Valley, and John Proctor were on the Packers there. Uh, the Rams were three-point dogs in Detroit. They lost, of course, by one, so that is a cover. I thought that was a crapshoot game. It proved to be a crapshoot game, obviously. Great story in Detroit, and now Detroit gets to host a playoff game. Like, that's a big deal. So myself, Paul Valley, Kyle Ottenheimer, John and Little Rock, Ryan Chell, Andrew Stecker, Jeremy Kahn, all on the Rams. And then this one, my God. I think John and Little Rock said earlier it was one of the most difficult games to watch. It was dreadful. He said trying to get through the Eagles-Bucks game was brutal. The Eagles looked like they had no interest in playing winning football. Terrible. I, I, they look. It's not just Ray like, Lewis was uh, losing his mind. Oh, the you Eagles watched the tackling. Cast. It's not just that they looked like they didn't have an interest in playing winning football. They didn't look like they had any interest in playing football. They didn't look like they had any interest in being a part of that. 
last night. That their season ended some time ago. I, I don't know. Like, up there, it's got to be an unbelievably fascinating conversation. Yeah. What happened? Like, w- what occurred here? It's easy to blame the coach, but, like, Justin, not about to say Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts stunk. The run game was non-existent. What happened there? Quit thinks that was a lame performance from the Eagles. That was an abomination. You bring up the the tackling thing. Obviously, the David Moore play stands out. Like, what in the hell is that? But they still like got back in the game and and had a chance, and then stopped tackling again. I mean, it it was all bad, 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 bad. A uh, word afterwards. Apparently, Jason Kelsey was telling his teammates that he's retired, although. He wouldn't commit to that when um, I think the Philadelphia Inquirer asked him about it afterwards. But apparently, he was telling his teammates that he is retired. So, hell of a career for Jason Kelsey, an unbelievable career. Probably the best center in modern football. I know it's very difficult for centers to get to the Hall of Fame, but I think that Jason Kelsey will have a strong argument for getting into the Hall of Fame. And it doesn't hurt that he is a popular figure and. Yeah. Very well liked in his media career and the whole thing. But, um, yeah, it was a stunning, stunning, pathetic effort from the Eagles down the stretch. That said, only uh, a few of us were on Tampa Bay. John Proctor, Ken Zalis, Nick Kelly, and Jeremy Kahn were all on the Bucks, and so they get a win there. Jeremy figured it out. What's that? He figured it out. What did he figure how out? To pick, how to pick games, finally. Oh. <laughs> Jeremy's good at picking games. He's been bad in our contest. It's very weird. He's uh he's closer to five hundred than you are, Chief. Uh, that is true. Yeah. 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 You're at forty six percent. He's at forty eight percent. So you maybe settle down over there. Yeah. Well. Not uh <laughs> not gonna matter because everything's already decided at the bottom of the table. The only thing that's still in play is at the top of the table, and there are still with seven games left. There are still technically seven people alive in the competition at the top of the table. Myself and John and Little Rock are tied, ninety eight and seventy three atop the table. Three games behind us, Ken Zalas. Four games back, Andrew Stetka. So this weekend, they're going to need to make a move or else that'll be over as well. You gotta pick some, should I pick somebody to win? Somebody that's not a... What, you want to go? You think, what do you think that you're going to get out of that? Um, I don't know. Can I get... They, they come with me. To the Creed show? Yeah. If they don't win? That doesn't if, make any sense. If you pick them to win... Hang on a second. If you pick, Yeah, you're right. I think you're right. If you pick somebody to win... That's off the radar right now. Somebody outside the top two. Or I get to bring somebody. No, I guess. I, well. mean, I, don't, I don't know how that works. I don't think we can make that work. John Proctor and uh, Nick Kelly are five games back. Ryan Chell, six games back. Kyle Ottenheimer, seven games back. Let's go Nick. I'm rooting for Nick. You're a Nick Kelly yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm a Nick huh? Kelly guy. Right, Let's go Nick. Enough. Win this thing. Fair enough. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Glenn Clark. <laughs> That's the one that <laughs> I I'm hate that guy. I, but I'm I don't, all I don't Nick. like being in Nick's this situation. <laughs> don't like being in this situation. Let's go Nick. All right, when we come back in, uh, we'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular to wrap things up for a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. 
Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure. Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here as we wind down for a Tuesday edition of the program. A reminder, Goose Flights is available now at Guilford Hall Brewery as well as at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, the seven locations throughout the area and 198 from every can sold will go to the Goose Flights Foundation, which is amazing. And I'm hoping to announce to you in the next uh, day the, uh, the other location that's also going to be selling Goose Flights that we're really excited about, a place that I love. Um, and I, I, I think we can tell you, but it's not there yet, so I don't want to give you any bad information just yet. Goose Flights Lager, it's delicious, it's refreshing, it's an awesome can. It celebrates Tony Saragusa. If you're someone who's a can collector, and I know that the like the Steady Eddie is very popular, and um, 
uh, what's the name of the the Ed Reed? The Goat IPA I know is very popular, so this will be one that you'll want to add to your can collection. I used to be a bottle collector back in the day. I was a uh, I was a, everybody like beer drinkers will tell you, you drink beer out of a can. It's always more refreshing out of a can. I just liked bottles for some reason, and so it, like my old apartment broke into the old apartment. This was where I used to live. I had on like every windowsill in the apartment. Oh, that's not bad. I had like all the various bottles that I had tried over the years. I was a bottle collector. But I know a lot of people are can collectors, and this one's one that you're going to want to have and on display in your man cave. So go get it today. Goose Flight's available and uh, helping us help the uh, the Goose Flight's Foundation, which is an awesome thing. So get it today at uh, Guilford Hall Brewery. Only 5,000 cans. <clears throat> and I happen to know that a lot of them were already purchased. Some are headed to New Jersey. Some are headed elsewhere in the country because people that love Tony Saragusa wanted their own cans of the beer. So don't waste time. Don't just assume, like, I can go get it. Is it possible that we'll do another run? Absolutely. If Goose Flights is that popular, there is no doubt we could end up doing more runs of Goose Flights beer. But I can't promise that. There is overhead involved. It's not like this is one of the things that like sounds really easy. Like, hey, if people like it, just do more. Yeah, okay. You want to pay for that? (laughs) If it's coming out of your pocket, no problem. This is kind of a labor of love and something special that we wanted to do. So what we're promising is a run of 5,000 cans. And then after that, we'll see. That's all we can say is we'll see at the moment. So go get it and make sure you have yours, and you don't end up regretting it and talking to me in six months like, oh, dude, I totally forgot, or, I, man, I feel really stupid. Don't do that. Just go now. Get to Guilford Hall Brewery um, or one of your area, right across the street here to Glory Days Grill and uh, get the Try Goose Flights. Um, all right, do you want to post a, the Hall of, our Hall of Fame vote oh, yeah, stupid sure. thing? Do you want to do that? Yeah. So tell me who was on my list last year. Uh, your list last year was uh, Glenn Clark's uh, Manny Ramirez. Yeah, fine. A-Rod. Yeah. Sheffield. Yeah, of course. Beltran. Yeah. Andrew Jones. Yep. Todd Helton. Yes. Billy Wagner. And Scott Rowland got in. So then, and that that is the end of your list. So I have seven that are holdovers. Correct. So I'm obviously adding Adrian Beltre. Got it. I'll put Joe Maurer. On my list, and I'll leave it at that. I'll do, I'll have nine votes, and those will be my nine votes. I just I look. I want to vote for Tory Hunter. I really do because I love Tory Hunter. But I I don't know. I haven't. I'm just not emotionally invested, so I can't I can't do it. I'll be the guy. You can yell at me. My vote doesn't count either. This is just for a stupid website exercise. Tory Hunter may be off the ballot. It looks like uh, really. Uh, yeah, That's he's sad for me. At four per, four well, point three. Piss, right I now. might have to vote for him, man. <laughs> you have to vote for him so you can keep, bring up his. Keep his. What do you have? Ten percent? Is that the number? Uh, I think you need five. Five percent to stay on the, the ballot. Yeah. So it's sad. I love Tory Hunter. Yeah. Tory Hunter's a hell of a player. Yeah, I'll leave it at nine. Those will be my nine votes. Um, I'm going from carrying over Beltran, Helton, Andrews, Jones, Andy Pettit. I voted for Andy Pettit. I like. I mean. Not not like him, but you know, I, I great know, postseason. I don't know why. Great, yeah, great that postseason I, that career. doesn't that's that carries that carries enough weight for me. Okay, Andy Pettit on my ballot. Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, uh, and then I I am voting for Beltre and Mauer in their first year. <laughs> you keep saying you're voting. You're yeah, not I am. voting. I am. Well, you're then fake. What is this? Then you're, what is this? You're fake voting. 
You don't have a vote. Um, I didn't vote for Sheffield last year. You say, year. I would vote. That would be the way to vote. We're not voting. We don't have votes. I didn't would have. I would have not voted for Sheffield last year. I, uh, but uh, he's on my ballot. He is on my ballot. Why would you not vote? I'm for not Gary sure Sheffield. why. I'm not sure what my thought process was. That's but I, I'm coming around on it now, and Sheffield is on my ballot this why, season. Why would you have left? We probably had a screaming match. We about probably this must last have. Year. Why would you not vote? Uh, for Gary And uh, Billy Wagner, I'm I'm putting on my ballot as well this year. Okay. So, and that is ten guys on my ballot. Andy Pettit. That I am voting for Andy Pettit with a career war of sixty point two, right behind Gary Sheffield with a career war of sixty point five. So. I I I don't know. I don't know why I'm Might not as moved about. Sheffield, I, I don't know why I'm as moved about Andy Pettit. I'm just not like I probably should vote for Andy Pettit. Again, fake vote for Andy Pettit. I don't I just don't care. <laughs> That's my problem. I'm not You know what? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You can't get me to change my mind. I got 9 votes. Put some of these guys in the Hall of Fame then we can talk about Andy Pettit. All right, there you go. You're not, and you're not voting for Vis Kelly. No, I'm not voting for Vizcal, but I'm good with it. Like, I'm good with that vote. It's just not one that I feel one way. You're, but you're not voting for it. I'm Let's telling you, man. Get fired I am, up. I am not. It's the worst year we could do. Last year, yeah. the Ravens get knocked out in the first round. We got nothing to do. By all means, let's do this stupid exercise, right? Not stupid. The Ravens are playing in the divisional round of the playoffs on Saturday at home. They're the favorites to win the AFC. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm wow, not. I didn't finish second MVP voting uh, in 2005. What the hell was going on in 2005? All right, those are, those are, those are, we'll put those. those but he finished, wait, we'll wait put what? D- Dave Ginsburg's ballot's real. We'll put that up at glenclarkradio.com, and we'll put. Oh, sorry, my, so my screen was cut off? What? It was 20. 20. <laughs> yeah, a little bit different. Finished 20th and everything, because I was like, how? He slightly was like, different. He finished fifth in Cy Young, so I was like, how? Yeah, slightly different. <laughs> All right, let's get a tidbit. This is captivating radio. I'm so not, I am just so not invested in it whatsoever. I'm sorry, man. I, it's hard for me to get invested in anything. I watched a Maryland game for the first, no, I, I watched most of the, I think I watched the UCLA game from start to finish. Well, I think I the, did. Yeah, I guess that. Close to start to finish. Okay. I think I was, we were out doing something. We might have gone to see the lights or something I like that that night. Before Sunday, the game I watched the most was the Villanova game. I didn't watch because I didn't have anything going on that game. night, and I had, some, I had something was, I was doing. I didn't watch was, any of the Villanova. That games. was I was like, all right, so the season's over. I mean, yeah, that's exactly how I, I remember listening to the Villanova game in the rate on the radio. So I don't know what I was doing that night, but I remember listening on the radio and being like, oh god, oh boy. I I remember I had to do AJ's canned food drive the next day because I bumped into Johnny and I was like, and he mm. told me about his. He had gone to Atlantic City to see Sebastian Maniscalco, then drove home, then drove back to Philadelphia for the game, and then drove home. Tank. And then I'm like, Jenny, aren't you supposed to be like 84 years old? Did you see the Illinois, the Illinois coach that didn't shake? Yes, Juju's I did. We, Drew and I talked about it in the morning show yesterday. Okay. Uh, laughable, Childish. like yeah. laughable, man. What, what kind of petulant baby are you? Even if. The guy like jawed with you. I don't even know what the story was. I I, I don't know. I think Jeff Ehrman might have shared something afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever the story is, th- this is a ceremony. Like it's the <laughs> easiest thing in the world to do. You just walk by, and even if you don't like the guy, you just get it over with. It's not. You're not saying I I bow down before you. It's the e- five year olds can do this, man. I'm not saying the guy should be hung. I'm not saying the guy should be <laughs> well, maybe even should. suspended. Like I don't think this is something that you punish somebody for, but I think if you're Brad Underwood, you absolutely grab the guy by the neck and like, hey, dude, you want to work here? Yeah, we don't do that. And you probably have him make a phone call like, hey, you know what? I effed up, and I'm sorry. I screwed that up. My bad. 
And that's the end of it. Like, there's nothing yeah. more there. There's no, you know, th- this guy can't be a coach or he should be fired. There's nothing more there. It's not that big of a deal, but it's inherently laughable. Like, it's pathetic and childish that you can't just shake a kid's hand. Jesus, man. What we got going on? Let's uh, get a tidbit. <laughs> so weird. Tidbit is brought to you today by Superbook. Again, the number's nine. That's the number for Saturday. Ravens nine-point favorites against the Texans. If you're feeling bullish about it, you say, there's no way the Texans can come here. It's going to be miserably cold. It's going to feel like 10 degrees in Baltimore. You're feeling uber confidence in a rested Ravens team that's supposed to be healthy. By the, Of course, the, there were two roster moves made. So there are two roster spots available. Yeah, so so Bo, the four guys that Bo sent out. Yeah, it's not a certainty that it's Mark Andrews. It or could Darius also Washington. be Darius Washington, uh, Devin Duvernay could end up getting a spot. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook could end up being moved to the active roster, although I don't really know why you would need to move back. Because don't you get three games of practice squad elevations? Yes. And did they use one? I didn't. Yeah, I, so they wouldn't have. Yes, you're right. They wouldn't have. But to. did they use one for the Steelers game? Was he active uh, for the Steelers game? Dalvin Cook, no. So then they have three games of elevations they can yeah. use. So why would they need to put him on the active roster? So they shouldn't have to. Yeah, yeah. So it should be one or the other, I guess. I would think. Unless they're doing him like a solid, I guess. Does he make more money on the active roster? I, don't I have know. no I, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like if that if if you had to do that in order to get him to sign, then don't sign the guy. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason why you should be making decisions for Dalvin Cook. Um, but if that's what it is, that's what it is. I don't know. I, is there any risk of? I guess th- there is some risk of like some other playoff team playing poker and like signing him off the practice squad. So maybe that's why you feel the need to do it. Is like you think that whoever it might be, yeah, the, the 49ers could just kind of try to screw with you and sign him off the practice squad. But I, I, I would think that Dalvin Cook would say to the 49ers if he chose to sign with the Ravens, like don't do that. I'm not. You're not yeah. gonna get. I'm not gonna. You know, I, I'll be pissed off and I won't show up. But like I would think that there would be. I, I don't know. It's a very weird bit. Very weird. We'll see uh, in the next day. I would assume today. If they made the roster moves yesterday, I would assume it's because they knew that they were roster moves they wanted to make. I don't know. Maybe they yeah. wait the later in the week in order to do it. But they got two roster spots available. Um, Tidbit is brought to you by Superbook. Use the code Glenn Clark 23 when you sign up. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Talk about the Lions. They won their first playoff game. Since January 5th, 1992. Uh, so Alex Kennedy uh, on Twitter, Alex Kennedy NBA, uh, tweeted out that the... Uh, do, you, do you know what the number one song on Billboard was on January 1992? As well as the number one movie. Court. What? As well as the number one movie. What, what was the number one movie? Yeah. I'm assuming they're two different things. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Sorry. I, the I, way I, that you said that is... I did very... not mean it to sound as uh, the same thing. 1992. But... Was it Mariah Carey? It was not Mariah Carey. Was it Madonna? It was not Madonna. It, the, the name starts with an M, though. Name starts with an M. And it's not Mariah Carey, and it's not Madonna. No. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. 92? Correct. January 92. So January 92. Yeah. Well, that must, it would have had to have been uh, Black or White, It right? was indeed. Yeah. Black or White was the number one song. Last time the Lions okay. won a playoff game. The number one movie, uh, or, yeah, the number one movie in the country was Hook. Ah! I love Hook! By the way, there is no bigger, I, I'm going to get on the soapbox here for a second. <laughs> All right. Do you know what Hook's rating is on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, no. It's going to, is it really, time, is it bad? Is it bad? I, I, I like, I seethe. Hmm. 76% audience score, which, by the way, is still too low. 
The audience score for Hook is 76%, and that's too low. Hook is wonderful. The Rotten Tomatoes rating for Hook is 26%. Oh, my God. F every movie critic of all time. Hook is a delight. And for an entire generation was like the definitive Peter Pan story. Like that was for a generation when you thought of Peter Pan, you thought of the movie Hook. Robin Williams, phenomenal. Julia Roberts, phenomenal. Bangarang! Bangarang! Rufio! Rufio! Hook is perfect! It kicks ass! When I took my kids to meet Captain Hook and Mr. Shmee on the boat last week, you think I didn't walk up to Captain Hook and say, you need a mommy very badly? Bet me that I didn't do that. Hook rules! F every single... I want to find these people who had negative reviews. Let's find these people. I need to know who... Gene Siskel! Watch out, Gene. Gene, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, he's dead. I'm pretty oh, sure he's okay. not with us anymore. People, both right. Siskel. You're lucky, Gene. I think. I think. Double check on that. I might have just pulled a Drew Forrester. I'm pretty sure Gene Siskel is dead. Drew went seven for ten on Dead, of, dead or Alive yesterday. Wow. He missed. Uh, Faye Vincent is still alive. He thought he was dead. Chubby Checker, he thought was dead, and Bill Bradley, he thought was dead. They were all still very much hmm. alive. Um, double check on Gene Siskel. His review. A woefully uneven retelling of the Peter Pan story. Get bent. Final answer: Dead or alive? Dead. He died. Uh, yes, twenty-four years yeah, ago. I thought Twenty-five so. years ago. I thought actually. so. So did, wait, was Ebert alive longer than Siskel was? Did I have? So Ebert died recently, right? Who was Ebert? Roger. Oh, for God's sake! I forget that you're a child. Roger Ebert and Siskel and Ebert were famous, like the most famous movie reviewers. On the planet, they worked out of Chicago. Yeah, he died uh, about ten years ago. Ten years ago, twenty thirteen. Okay. I don't. Know, I think I had them in reverse order. I thought that Ebert died before Siskel did, but they're both dead. And if they weren't, there'd be a fight. They would have. There would be a. <laughs> it would be soon. Fight. <laughs> I want to see their family to talk about this. Kenneth Turan of the Los Angeles Times. For very much like Peter, it has clearly gotten harder for this director to break free of the lore of material things and believe in simple magic. What is? What does that even mean? God! Go screw all of you. You shouldn't be allowed to watch movies. Kenneth Turan is still alive, so we can... Right, we got to deal with down. Kenneth Turan. Hook rules! Rules. All of these people suck. Didn't realize where I was going. God. That was the number one movie last time the Lions won a... That was a great film. Won a playoff a game. great <laughs> motion picture. Black or White is a hell of a song, too, by the way. That's a, 92 was a time to be alive. January 92. We, we had things figured out in this country. So What's the number one song and movie right now? Because they probably uh, suck. No, yeah, they're both. I think... Because The Beekeeper is technically the number one movie right now. What is The Beekeeper? That's that Jason Stay- yeah, Statham, I think. What? Yeah. I've never heard of it. It it I, it doesn't look. And the number one song is Jack Harlow. Get the int- We suck. God, let's just all go back to 92. Ah. Uh, hook. Black or white. What are the other number one songs in 1992? I bet it was I bet every single one of them is better than any song that was number one last year. Pull up last year's number one song. Here are the number one songs in 1992. Uh Black or White by Michael Jackson. All for Love by Color Me Bad. 
Yeah, it's not a great song, but it was fine. It was fine. It doesn't stand out significantly. Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me by George Michael and Elton John. Wonderful song. I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Okay, I take it back. That song sucks. Yerio. That is an embarrassing, embarrassing number one song. Taylor Swift, anti-hero. That song is only okay. <laughs> oh, it's better than I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Like, it does have that going for it. But it's only okay. To be with you by... I'm the one who wants to be with you. That's a song. Yeah, that is. That's a song. Save the Best for Last by Vanessa Williams. Not my thing, but every every female that I knew loved You go and save the best for last. I don't feel strongly about it myself. Uh, uh, Jump by Criss Cross. Yeah, that's kind of embarrassing. All right, I'm gonna, I might end up being wrong about this. In hindsight, 92. I'll Be There by Mariah Carey. Oh, now that. It's cover, but wonderful song. Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Not as good as everybody makes it out to be. That's one of those songs that, like, the nostalgia has won out over the quality of the song. Like, Baby Got Back was mid. But the nostalgia factor is extraordinary. Every white girl for 30 years has, like, lived on the fact that Sir Mix-a-Lot gave white girls a, you know, a thumbs up for their derrieres in that song. Um, this used to be my playground by Madonna, which I assume was only number one because that's when A League of Their Own came out. It mm. was the song in A League of Their Own. It's not a very good song. It works fine in the movie. It shouldn't have been a number one song in America. And then for three months, because once upon a time we did understand music in this country, for three months, number one in 1992, End of the Road by Boys to Men. I'll follow you down. To the end of the road. That's a song. Do you know how much better end of the road is than anything that's been put out in the last 20 years? Mm. Anything. I guess I don't. Last uh, two number ones of the song. How do you talk to an angel by the heights? That song was not that great. Uh, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Also a cover, obviously, of a Dolly Parton song. But, I mean, it's Whitney Houston singing I Will Always Love You. It was a 10. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? What were the number one songs last year? Uh, it was uh, Antihero. Then it was Flowers by Miley Cyrus for almost two months. Um, then Die For You for a week. Last Night by Morgan Wallen. Flowers came oh, back. God. It's worse than I thought it was. Went back and forth. Flowers last These night songs again. stink. Oh, Like Crazy by uh, BTS and Jim In. I don't even, I've never heard that song I don't think I know life. that one either. Kill Bill by SZA. That song was okay. That and song was, you know what? Summer. I would actually say that song was good. Yes. That's the only good song. Um, last night by Morgan Wallen made a return for pretty much all the summer. Oh, I thought Fast Car hit number one. Uh, Luke Combs cover of Fast Car. I thought that. Uh, got not over the summer. Um, the Vampire for a week. Vampire. Oh, Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, that's a good yeah. song. That's, um, so there was two good songs. Another BTS song, Seven, sure. by Jungkook. Sure. <laughs> try that. Oh yeah, then try that in a small town for a week. <sighs> by Jason oh, Last night came back by Morgan Wallen. Country we are. Um, rich men north of Richmond. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we did do that, didn't we? Uh, I remember everything by Zach Bryan. And uh, I, I don't know that song at all. Musgraves. Paint sure. the town red by Joja. Sure. Then Vampire came back. Okay. Slime you out by Drake. Ugh. Uh, there are actually some decent again. songs on the Drake record. I listened to the Drake record. There first, are a couple decent songs. First on person it. shooter by Drake. Um, with J. Cole and then Taylor Swift uh, just had a had a run there I guess this was I guess during Kelsey and Taylor Swift Cruel Summer then yeah it was Cruel Summer is it over I now Cruel, Cruel Summer. Summer is better than Antihero but I still don't think it's like great I, I think it's again okay kind of 
Yeah. It's fine. I agree. Yeah. Love It On Me for the first week of December, then it was Christmas music. Oh, that's right, because uh, Rocket Around the Christmas Tree Rockin hit number one for the tree. first time ever. Twi- two weeks ever. in a row. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, it was wild. And then it was All I Want For You. All uh, I Want uh, For Christmas Is You. Pro- uh, <laughs> wait a second. Hook when you're... Proctor and I are going to fight. Hook when you're it's a like kid that. is great. Hook now is griff level at best. Griff level? What is... Because you're terrible at picks. You're, you're the guy that stabbed picks. John, this is why I picked uh, Kelly. Go screw. Go screw, John Proctor. Yeah, go screw. I watched Hook a couple years ago. It was just as marvelous as I remember it being. Hook kicks ass. All of you can go F yourselves. This is as stupid as when Chicago won Best Picture in the same year. The same year as both Catch Me If You Can or I would have accepted. I Look, I feel very strong about Catch Me If You Can, obviously. And for good reason. It's phenomenal. But you know what other movie came out that year? You know what other movie was also nominated for Best Picture when Chicago won? What year was that? I actually don't remember exactly what year it was. Hang on, I have to look up what exactly what year it was. Uh, it would have been 2000. I would say 2003 would be my guess, but I think. No, hang on a second. So you know, two. Is it 2002? Is that the year yeah. that Chicago won? Yeah, uh, well, that was the year that Chicago came out. Yeah, so. Okay, well then, it, so does that make it 2003 so Academy Nemo, Awards? Nemo. It's obviously not Finding Nemo. It's a great movie. I Better actually been best animated picture. God damn it! I was, they should. So they did a bit on the boat where they showed, if you were in the pool, they had a huge screen and they were showing Disney movies in the pool. Mm. And they showed Finding Nemo one day when we were sitting in the pool. And I'm sitting in the pool with my, with my son. And the son, the scene where like he reunites with his dad and I'm just like, it's too much. Too much, man. It's pretty good. Too it was a good trip. Too much. Too much. Other Leonardo DiCaprio movie that came out that year, besides Catch Me If You Can, that was nominated for Best Picture and lost. Gangs of New York. Mm. Perhaps you've heard of it. And they picked Chicago. What were you saying? Something um, about what, Lions. Yeah, yeah, know. that was that was, I guess I mean I guess that was it. it. I was gonna do a Josh Allen thing because he had a good game yesterday. Did he? He did, yeah, but it, this might be a long one. Um let me see if I can squeeze in something quick here. Alright, so Trey Young. Last night had a good game on uh, Martin Luther King Day. Became the first NBA player uh, since 2003 to have. He a... was inspired by Martin Luther King Day. You think he only had a good game because? It was well, good. I mean, because since the game was like happening during the day, that's why it sticks out. Right, go ahead. Uh, he had a plus or minus of uh, plus 40 in the first half. Well, that seems pretty good. And he also scored 25 points in the first half. Uh, the last time a player did that was 2003, February of 2003. Any idea? They also did it against the, uh, or sorry, no, not different. Plus forty season. in February two thousand three. Tim Duncan in, in a half. In a half. Yeah. Tim and, Duncan and, and twenty five points. Not Tim Duncan. Shaquille O'Neal. Not Shaquille O'Neal. Two thousand three. Yes. Kobe. Yep. Kobe. Okay. Kobe. All right. Kobe. Young joints. Well done. Very for your tidbit. Good. Very good. <sighs> Tubular. <laughs> a lot of things that just came out right there. A lot of things. The other, by the way, the other day that we sat at the pool and watched a movie, it was Onward, which is also about fathers and sons. I don't know how oh, it managed yeah. to work out that way. It couldn't have been Beauty and the Beast. It couldn't have been something that I have no... They knew it was your cruise. Bo- both Onward and Finding Nemo. And that scene with Nemo, and what the hell is Nemo's dad's name? Merlin, is that his uh, name? Marlin, right? Marlin, right? Yeah. Marlin. Is it Marlin? I think it's Marlin. Marlin. I swear to God, man. It all, it all hits you. It all hits you. Just sitting in the pool with your boy. Yeah, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I need a minute. Ah, oh, it's too much. 
Tubular is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Nothing on the local front. No one in action locally. It's just the way that it goes. Big Ten hoops, Purdue and Indiana at 7 o'clock on Peacock. Wisconsin and Penn State, 9 o'clock on Big Ten Network. Uh, you know, Utah State's ranked like number 16 in the country or something like that with really? Ian Martinez. Wow. I play New Mexico tonight at 10.30 on FS1. All the rest of the college hoops, find at glennclarkradio.com. Australian Open coverage gets mm. back underway at 9 o'clock on ESPN. I know Ken lost. Yeah, Sophia Cannon lost, but I mean, yeah. she lost to Iga Shviante. Yeah, I know. Danielle so. Collins got a big win. Who did Danielle Collins beat? I watched that last night. She beat, um, oh my God, how have I already forgotten who Danielle Collins beat? She beat, uh, oh, Kerber, Angelique Kerber. So she gets Iga Shviante next. Lucky. Yeah. It's a hell of a, by the way, what a hell of a bracket right. there. Those four players. Uh, and then the American player that I'm really hot and bothered about right now is Emma Navarro. All in on Emma Navarro. She beat uh, Wong last night and has a nice like path ahead of her to try to make a run. Emma Navarro uh, played collegiately. Where did she play collegiately? She played at... Oh, God. God, it's going to drive me nuts. Emma Navarro. Uh, she is... Where did she play? She played, she played at... She played at Virginia. She was an NCAA champion at Virginia. So there you go. There you go. Anyway, I uh, Francis Tiafo in action. I'm gonna pull up the Australian Open order of play for the day. Late tonight. Uh, yes, it is late tonight. But I don't. Is but it, I think it's watchable. Uh, yeah, I don't know I that it's, it's overnight. Not, yeah. I think it's. I think it's something. So Coco Golf is definitely. The, she's the second match on Margaret Court. So I'll definitely be able to watch that. And Tiafo. Uh, never mind. Uh, it might be tricky. That was like eleven. Third match. Third match. Oh, yes. It's never mind. Start, <laughs> no chance. Starts to get tough. Starts to get tough at that point. Um, not impossible because they start at seven. So if, like the first two matches are quick, and one of them is a women's match. It's Layla. Oh, Layla Fernandez and Alicia Park. So that's a good one at seven o'clock. Oh, I'll definitely watch that. And then um, Taylor Fritz plays after that, and then Francis Tiafo. Maybe. It's a big maybe for whether or not I'll be up uh, for Francis TFO. Me, personally, I will probably stick it out. And if I go to bed at 3 o'clock, so be it. Worth it. <laughs> all right. What else was I talking about? Uh, that was all the sports. I think that was everything. Uh, the Capitals it's only play college tonight. college basketball. Right? Like, I think there's, uh, they played somebody. Sure. I've already lost it. I've already Wizards lost Wizards lost the Pistons yesterday. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that is bad. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah, Capitals host the Ducks tonight, 7 o'clock on Monumental. King Stars at 8 on ESPN Plus. TNT for Nuggets. Sixers at 7.30. Thunder Clippers at 10. USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Non-sports. Um, all right, so Taylor Tomlinson is hosting. Oh, she's got her new show starts. After right? Midnight, which is supposed to be similar to the Comedy Central at Midnight show. But they're, they're gonna, but it's going to come clips. on after Colbert. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, so this is replacing. What was, on, what was on after Colbert? They hadn't been doing anything. They did, I think it was like some comics show. They called, It was like Comics Unleashed. I want to say it was called because Corden no, was on. Yeah. And when did Corden end? Corden ended like right before I think the strike. I want to say really. Okay, yeah. so like, he, he he timed it. Never right. never got into Corden. Never yeah. did a thing uh, for me, man. Not really. Um, Sophia Vergara will be on Fallon because she's got a show coming out. Uh, I think it's a show uh, called Griselda, which is about a Colombian drug lord. True true story apparently okay. in like the seventies so? and uh, in Miami. Um, and then of course the season five finale. Ah of, yes, that uh, is what Fargo. Matters. 
on FX, also on Hulu. I just uh, realized I never watched last week's episode because I was on a boat. I've been, yeah. So uh, I gotta, I'm a couple episodes behind. I got to do that. Actually, I think I'm a few episodes I was behind. debating. Uh, Kyle Ottenheimer called me yesterday, which was random. Hmm. I was like. Is he in trouble? Yeah, I needed a favor. That's the way. That, that's when you know Kyle's calling. Um, <laughs> which is fine. I like Kyle a great deal. Everybody knows that. So we started talking for a little while. We were he was in agreement with me that this might we this might go down as the greatest season of Fargo ever. Mm. This it's been that good. It's just been delightful. Absolutely wonderful season. Um the only other thing on Hulu, there's a new show uh called Death in Other Details. It is like a murder mystery. This girl gets caught as like the prime suspect in a murder, but she didn't do it and now it, it seems like a it's like a cross between like glass onion as well as like only murders. Um, but I don't like it because the the guy the, uh, the 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 like famous detective or something they're on a cruise ship so that's how, that's how everybody knows that the girl did it or thinks that the girl did it. How about that? Yeah. How about um, that? But he uses the phrase "details matter," which is the same thing that Reacher says in Reacher. So I don't really. Oh, I don't watch Reacher. So. I don't. Yeah. It's very awkward though. Yeah. It's very awkward. I didn't like that. All right. Otherwise, it looks okay. Sure. All right, thanks today to uh, Dave Ginsburg. Thanks also to Patrick Stevens and to uh, Wes Brown. We'll put that in our stupid ballot up in the uh, greatest. What are we doing? The greatest hit section of the... Uh, our, oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at glenclarkradio.com. Tomorrow... Is that a loop for a week? Let's where are you? Tomorrow, um, nothing. Stuff and things. Stuff and That's things. what we got for tomorrow. Ravis oh, the, the very funny Aries Spears is going to join us tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember, of course, from uh, Mad TV. He did the uh, the Shaq impression that everybody loves so bad where he was able to cross his eyes and uh, make my free throws. <laughs> I'm going to do my Aries Spears for Aries Spears tomorrow. We'll see how that I think goes. I love it. Um, yeah, he's coming to Baltimore this weekend, so Sweet. we'll chat with him and uh, stuff and things on the program tomorrow. But hopefully some Ravens, Texans stuff. Thanks to Everyday Press Box, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Harford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks.